Where do we start? <laughs> At the beginning. <laughs> Welcome to a very special episode of This Film is Lit. We were going to do this as part of our uh, Your Fave is Problematic episode. Uh, our... our problematic breakdown of harry potter and jk rowling we figured that might be a good place for it but then we saw the movie and decided that episode would be five and a half hours long because we're yeah. going to talk about this movie for almost two hours i bet uh based on our notes um so yeah we saw the crimes of grindelwald last night a little bit of preface i went in with low expectations yeah because of the reviews i had seen from both harry potter fans and just film critics mm-hmm. um I also went in, uh, we also went in having recently, obviously, if you listen to our podcast, know we recently reread the entire yep, main series. We read all the books. We rewatched the entire main re-watched series of movies, the movies. And then we rewatched the first Fantastic Beasts on Sunday, two days before we saw the movie. So we reviewed all of the relevant <laughs> literature. Short of like going on uh, the Potter wiki and like yeah. reading art, you know what I mean? We, we, all of the canon stuff that's out. That would be important, other than cursed child potentially. <laughs> is uh, <laughs> we 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 have within the last five months read or watched all of it. Yeah. So we are up on it, and not only read and watched it, we've discussed it and talked about it, and it's you know we've broken it down. So we've kind of I feel like we're as prepared as you yeah, can be. We, we've really been steeping ourselves in the wizarding world since July. Yeah. I feel like we're as ready as we could have been to follow this movie, understand everything, uh, and and go in with you know ready to get it and be on board. Um, that being said, like mm-hmm. I, I did go in with low expectations because I did kind of expect not very much. Uh, oh, just as an overall, uh, we're going to do this in t- two two sections. We're going to start with the stuff we liked about the movie. We originally had all the stuff we disliked and all of our questions and confusion first. We decided let's talk about stuff we liked first. One, it's a shorter segment. Yes. <laughs> Two, let's start off with some positivity. Get some people. Because I, I, I think I would say if you're a Harry Potter fan and you enjoyed the first one, I would still recommend seeing the movie. You probably either have or haven't by now. I mean, it's been out for three weeks. You, if you wanted to see it, you've probably seen it by now. And if you're teetering on the fence and you consider yourself a Harry Potter fan, as we do, I think I would recommend seeing it for a couple reasons. One, it has things that are that we like, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about. Two, it's fascinating the I, the the decisions that were made, and and it will it's it's a very interesting watch because it is both. I had moments of both. Yeah, that was fun, and I'm like, oh my goodness, what are we doing? And I think that can be a a fun way to watch a movie if you prepare yourself for that. Go in expecting (laughs) to be frustrated and maybe even angry at stuff and like annoyed, but expect that. And I think it could still be worth going to see. Maybe. (laughs) That was my general review. It's it's not good. I'll say that. It's not good. The first Fantastic Beasts, I would have given a solid B. Yeah, like a B minus. Yeah. It's, it's it's okay. Fine. It's, it's fine. Cute. Yeah, it's got its this moments. This one? No. This is a solid D. D. Um, it's a stinker. It's the moments that work, the best moments in the movie are like A minus B plus. They're not even, the best moments aren't even like yeah. A plus stuff. The best moments are like high B. And then a lot of it is like F 
to D range. Like, yeah. Whew. So, but we'll get into that stuff. First, we're going to, like I said, we're going to talk about the things we liked in Fantastic Beasts, the crimes of Grindelwald. All right. So the first thing I liked, and it was a kind of a big thing. And it's a thing because it's a thing we've talked about a lot in all of our Harry Potter episodes mm-hmm. is that this movie tried. It at least tried to work the themes into the story more. Yeah. And present those and sort of make them more obvious to the viewer in the way that the books often did. Because and, mm-hmm. and we have a note about how some of it in this movie, some of it is a little ham fisted and blunt. Yeah. But but to be fair, even in the books, it's always kind of been that way. I mean, I didn't notice it as much as a kid, but on rereading them, a lot of the themes were like just Dumbledore saying, by the way, Voldemort doesn't love things and that's the point like <laughs> you know what true. i yeah, mean like fair. to be fair that's kind of always been the mmo mo for harry potter um but so and I, this movie did try to work in the themes way more than the main series ever did and i think the, probably the main reason for that is jk rawlings is the is the only listed writer on imdb mm-hmm. now i'm sure there are other people involved and to some extent there always is but she is the singular credited writer yeah um and if there's one thing we know, it's that J.K. likes to work in themes. Like I said, it's super important in the book series, and I think she wanted to bring that back. And I think that was something you can almost tell that something she was kind of frustrated with mm-hmm. about the main series mm-hmm. is that they didn't do a good enough job of that, as we kind of called out and talked about. And it was so funny how much I noticed it in this one in comparison to the movie series. Yeah. Again, some of it's a little ham-fisted at times, and some of them are confusing, and I'm not sure what thematically she's trying to get across <laughs> yeah but there were others where it was it felt like makeup points for <laughs> previous movies of like hey uh themes let's talk about themes i mean at the end of the movie newt outright says oh real quick this isn't spoilery but just to clarify there will be spoilers throughout this spoilers will abound. spoilers abound if you haven't seen the movie do not i mean you can listen to the part we already talked about that's all you need to listen to for now Go see the movie, then come back. If you don't care, then move on. But there will be spoilers Anchors throughout. Away. Yeah, there will be spoilers throughout. I should just warn you now if you haven't seen the film and want to before you get spoiled. Because there are big spoilers that I wouldn't want to ruin some for somebody. But at the end of the movie, Newt outright says, after the Niffler basically steals a very important yeah. magical artifact from Grindelwald, uh, without getting into the details right now, he says, uh, oh, well, like Dumbledore's like, how did this Niffler manage to steal that or whatever? And Newt says, well, Grindelwald tends not to worry or think about or value those things which he considers less than him. Yeah. Which was a huge theme in the book series in terms of Voldemort. We talked about it constantly in relation to house elves and mm-hmm. muggles and love and uh, centaurs. And everything that's not a pure blood wizard he didn't place value on and thus they ended up being his downfall. Mm-hmm. And I liked that the movie at least pointed out to people again, it's just him saying it, but that's kind of how it was in the books to some extent. Hey, look at this thing. This is an important thing. <laughs> people that are different and that you, from you are also as equally important. That's a, that's a, an important theme. The person who's the bad guy doesn't understand that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, no. And I, I would get, like from the perspective of a writer if you're trying to pass along a message i would get being frustrated if that message didn't right. translate into the film versions yeah. um because the film versions arguably are going to reach a wider yes. audience oh 100% do yeah 
and I think the themes are there. We've discussed it. The themes are there in the movie. They're just not as obvious. And yeah. for younger viewers who aren't, you know, paying as much attention or mm-hmm. don't think as critically about it, and even just your more general audiences who aren't thinking yeah. as critically about it. I mean, even us, we discussed how it was annoying, how it was missing, and we were thinking critically about it. And now, obviously, you can get that out of there and you can see it when you know that that's what the yeah. point is. But for your general audiences in the original series, the main series, I think that would have been completely lost. Whereas this movie, it wouldn't be lost. It would right. be obvious to yeah. the viewers. So I appreciated that. Speaking of the thing that the Niffler stole, we find out that that was when Grindelwald and Dumbledore were young during their little summer spat. Uh, they had, they did a blood bond where they like yeah. cut each other. They cut a, their hands. A blood oath. A blood oath pact thing. And that Grindelwald, Grindelwald has the blood and that the, basically the promise they meant to each other that they made to each other was that they would never fight with each other. Yeah. I think they could have handled that part a little bit better and said like that they'd. I think the specific line of we will never fight with each other is a little like specific and weird uh-huh. and not like it could have just been like a more vague idea of like we'll always look out for each other or always be there for each other. And yeah. that would also still keep Dumbledore from battling Grindelwald. And it wouldn't be as specific as like, we will never duel each other like that. Felt, yeah. But anyways, I like that sort of addition that retcon. Cause it is of why Dumbledore didn't get involved earlier mm-hmm. with Grindelwald and stopping him. Yeah. And I think it's interesting and it's, it's a good explanation. Um, for me, it's, kind of tied into disappointment. It is. It is for me, too. That, um... Almost all of my positives are, to be fair. Yeah. yeah. That uh, Dumbledore's sexuality wasn't... It was just hinted at again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really was just, like, hinted at in the same way... I mean, more overtly than it ever was in the books. Sure, But still hinted at of like, you know, some ministry official says, you guys were like brothers, and he goes, closer than brothers. It's like, well, that's a weird way to describe that relationship. Like, yeah. So, well, I I like the kind of cleverness of the blood pact idea. I also feel like it kind of further distances right. the story from that relationship. I agree. I wish they had worked them both in. I wish yeah. it had been both. Yeah. I wish they had been an overt with the fact that they were in a relationship and part of their romantic relationship was this deep, you know, that they were so close that they made this blood oath together and it was, one, it was sort of all together as opposed yeah. to just hinting at the fact that they were romantically involved and then overtly being like, yeah, this blood oath thing. I, I agree with that. I, I definitely agree with that. I continue to like the performance of Newt Scamander. I don't necessarily like his character at times, Mm -hmm. which we'll talk about later, but I do like the performance of Newt Scamander. I think it's really interesting. I think it frustrates people, but I think that's on purpose. Yeah. I think a lot of people find him very frustrating. I find him frustrating at times to listen to and like just where he like won't say things and he'll like, you know, like he he like conscious he like actively avoids just saying the thing that is obvious to you that would like clear up the situation, like the whole mm-hmm. thing with his brother being, um, with uh, uh Tina thinking he was engaged to Lita Lestrange yeah. when his brother is. It takes him like ten minutes yeah. in that library for him to explain that that's not the case, and it's very frustrating. But I think it's 
I think that's the point. And I think, and I don't know, I'm not the expert on this. I'm not, this isn't my area of knowledge and not really my place to, I don't know. But the feeling I get of what they're going for is somebody who is on some sort of social, has some sort of social interaction disorder of some sort. I don't know the right word for it. I, to me, it comes across as somebody with like Asperger's. He constantly avoids, I potentially, I, again, I don't know for sure, but that's what it seems like to me. I, and you, you can talk about the merits of having somebody not with that disorder playing. I, I, right. you know, I, I get all of that stuff. I'm not, but baby steps, maybe, I don't know, like even seeing somebody with, be a, a hero in a movie who who has sort of this tough time socially interacting with people and portraying it in a way that I think feels again I I don't I'm not close with anybody that I know of who who suffers from or I don't know if suffers is even the right word <laughs> but who who deals with that or or you know what uh-huh. I mean but it feels real to me and it feels mm-hmm. like it's both uh, true to the nature of what somebody. D- d- dealing with that goes through but also shows that it's not necessarily in a hindrance nec- yeah. like he still has relationships he still is the hero he's still you know what i mean yeah. like yeah i don't know I, I i like his performance and i and i like uh, elements of the character mm-hmm. that i think are interesting and sort of unique yeah I, yeah i think it, it feels realistic it doesn't feel like he's doing like a caricature no yeah that's At least I, to me that's the thing again to me and i don't know again i'm not hardly the have the expertise to say if it is a character or not mm-hmm. it very well could be but to mm-hmm. me it doesn't feel that way so i i think it's interesting i really like speaking of performances i really liked jude law as dumbledore he's not in the movie much but no, i thought he's he, not yeah which i wasn't expecting him to be but he i thought he did a really good job no i agree i think he did i thought he captured sort of a lot of the elements of the performance of Dumbledore that that a young Dumbledore that makes sense his the way he just his facial expressions and the way he would sort of look off while mm-hmm. talking to people and it, I felt that there was this cleverness behind him mm-hmm. that he wasn't always just bringing to the forefront and showing people if that makes sense yeah. like I felt yeah. he felt like Dumbledore to me maybe more so than even Michael Gambon ever did at times or at least for a lot of it I, I don't know I really liked his performance um, I do think it would have been better if he had gone full on wizard aesthetic yes like, I like old Dumbledore absolutely agree it's so silly because <laughs> all the students are wearing robes and he's wearing a very sharp yeah. three-piece suit I mean, it looks great. He looks dynamite. He's Jude Law in a three-piece, or in a waistcoat and, a, <laughs> and suit pants. Like, he looks amazing. But, but I would also pay to see Jude Law in a spangled purple wizard yes. robe and matching pointy cap. Yes. That so. would have been dynamite. And now I know why <laughs> they did it for the aesthetic, because Jude Law leisure, leisurely leaning against a desk in a, <laughs> looks like, looking like he's in a cologne ad. Yeah. Is it, you know, it's a good look for your movie as opposed to like in the trailer and on posters, like, you know, like, like, ooh. But I, <laughs> yeah, I was disappointed that we didn't see him in robes. Um, but I did like that we see at the end of the movie the beginning of the beard. Yeah. The Dumbledore beard. The Dumbledore beard. And he is, we said in the movie, in the, in, and we talked about this at some point, but he is slightly gingery. He has yeah. slightly reddish hair. Not gingery, but he has slightly like reddish. There's a, a reddish tint. tint to it. It's at least somewhat red. Yeah. More so than I thought when I f- saw the trailers. 
I liked that they went and hung out at Flamel's, Nicholas Flamel's house. I thought yeah. that was fun. I thought it made a lot of sense. Dumbledore gives Newt Scamander a card, basically, saying, hey, when you're in Paris, if you need somewhere to stay, if you run into trouble, mm-hmm. hit up my friend. He'll let you stay there. I thought, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it makes sense. Um, that's fan service that I can get on board with. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I thought it was really well done. I wasn't a big fan of him, like shuffling out to go like duel at the like uh-huh. do magic at the end of the yeah, movie that was a little silly a little silly like it's fun for a laugh when he's like i haven't seen action in 200 years like it's funny but like mm-hmm. i i didn't need that necessarily because I, yeah. I don't think of nicholas flamel as like a let's go out and do a big magic guy he's an alchemist like he tinkers in his shop and makes potions and you know like mm-hmm. that's what i think of i don't think of him because he's the person who shows up and is like, here's how we defeat this giant flame dragon. I mean, I guess I can get on board in the sense that he's like very old and very yeah, wise. So he would probably know. He knows some sort of ancient magic, whatever. Like, I, yeah, I, I can kind of get it. It just, I don't know, I wasn't a hugest fan of it. Mm-hmm. But And I, I did, I, I liked that there wasn't that as much of an implication that immortality also means like eternal youth oh yeah because they're two different old man in this movie yeah he's like about to blow to dust and he lives for another 80 years yeah or 70 years or something the name of the movie fantastic beasts and where to find them uh not necessarily the most important element of the film by any stretch uh more so in the first one obviously this one they kind of branch away from it but they found a way to work in the beasts not always making the most sense, but I, I when they, I thought they were fun, even though they, they kind of like just kind of shoved into the story by like there being a circus mm-hmm. is like part of the reason there's a lot of the beasts that show up. But I did like all of the beasts that did show up. I thought they were cool and different and fun. There's like a giant dragon cat thing. Yeah, I loved that thing. Which is has a couple really fun scenes. It's a really cool looking uh, animal. There's the the security black like sphinx looking cats at the Mm -hmm. french ministry that were uh really neat looking and when you hit them with a spell if you attacked them they like multiplied into more yeah they like multiplied and then i liked that when the cats chased them out of the ministry building they suddenly like poofed into kittens yeah yeah somehow their magic like only worked in yeah the ministry yeah they were cool and i like too the niffler uh being worked in um, I thought the way that the Niffler steals, I thought it was a very clever turn and it made a lot of sense to have a, the Niffler steal the the shiny, mm-hmm. pretty necklace from Grindelwald at the end of the movie. Because one, it makes sense. We know what Nifflers, that's what they do. I mean, this has been all the way back to the fourth book, whichever yeah. one they get set, yeah. you introduced in, in the books. And then uh, also tying in the themes, as I said earlier, with Newt explain, you know, like you the Niffler did it because Grindelwald doesn't care. It's like some mm-hmm. little creature. He didn't give a shit about that. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought that was kind of a clever way to work in the Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. No, and, or definitely. at least try to, to some extent. Um, so the Ministry monitors Dumbledore. Yeah. They go to ask movie. him to help. Yeah. To, like, stop Grindelwald. And he says, I can't. Yeah. Basically but he, says, he doesn't say why. He doesn't say why. He just says, I can't. And they're like, okay. Well, in that case, we're going to put some, like, security monitor cuffs on you so we'll know whenever you do magic. And I was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Because, Mm -hmm. like, as far as the Ministry knows, like, assuming they've heard the whispers and rumors about the fact that Grindelwald and Dumbledore were friends when they were younger and that they spent the summer together, you know, and they're 
whatever who knows what they know but they've probably at least heard whispers from informants yeah. and that sort of thing yeah. and i was like so you knew they were friends and now he's like no i can't help you stop literal wizard hitler <laughs> i'd be like uh all right well we're gonna keep an eye on you because if he you don't if he does go and join up you guys are fucked if yeah, <laughs> dumbledore <he> and grindelwald <laughs> go and work together you're done. Yeah, like you've got a real problem now, there, yeah. bud. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, that totally made sense, and I, I thought it was an interesting way to sort of play protagonists against against each other, mm-hmm. like that that felt real and believable. Mm-hmm. Because the Ministry is actively working against Grindelwald. They're not like evil in this movie, like yeah, but you know, like in some of the later, not evil, but they're not like compromised or they're just actively working against Grindelwald. Um, yeah, they're just kind of ineffective. Yeah, but yeah, I guess they're kind of ineffective, but we don't even really see that much from them. They have a mole. Yeah. They have one guy working for him who's working for Grindelwald. But like, yeah, I mean, they're kind of ineffective only in the sense that Grindelwald is not really done much yet other than like he's escaped. Like there hasn't been that much for them to stop him from doing other than when he escapes. It's true. Like they let him get away. Which is which is yeah ineffective and bad, but like he he doesn't do much the rest of the movie except like talk to people, so you know it's not much they're really failing on. The fiend. Yeah, speaking of that's yeah the crimes of Grindelwald. Literally, he escapes. Um, about he it. kills a lizard beast does, thing by throwing does. it out of the flying carriage. Yeah, and that was I mean. Cannot forgive him for that. Yeah. The lizard loved him. I also thought it was weird themes katie the lesser creature he doesn't give a shit i can't forgive him for that it's it's his crime you're not supposed to he's (laughs) the bad guy (laughs) um but yeah it's he also murders a bunch of people that kind of sometimes on screen sometimes off but yeah I also like that we this movie had a lot. Uh, you can tell this was a JK movie, and it's one of the problems of it. We'll talk about during when we get in our big problem segment here in a minute. Uh, but uh, it had a lot of the like minutia of mm-hmm. the books that are fun and interesting, and and kind of make the world magical. Just little stuff like spending a fair amount of time watching uh, uh, Newt go in to his lab and work with the Mm -hmm. creatures and talk to his assistant who we never see again in the movie, you know, like (laughs) sure that random character, but like, that's a character who wouldn't even be in the movie. That was a dead, like if she was in the book of this movie, she would have written out never would have shown, you know what I mean? Like she never would have shown up if this was adapted. And then like, there were like random little scene where the Niffler pulls the, the, the cap off the champagne and flies across the Mm -hmm. room. And just like, there was lots of stuff like that, that felt very, yeah harry potter yeah. book like you know the little stuff um and so yeah it, it also tends to make it a bit boring in a movie it a can little bit. at a times little. this movie did we'll talk about it. this movie did drag at times and get a little boring but yeah it, it felt it felt more magical at times than not more magical i don't know there was just the little details that i that i enjoyed about it mm-hmm that felt very JK. Also, I didn't even notice this, or I didn't even think about this, but they have actually have a, a JK does a little setup payoff from yeah. the last movie. Yeah. And I was like, wow, look at that. And they don't dwell on it. They don't focus on it. It just happens and they move on, which is a thing that kind of happened all the time 
in the books. Yeah, and like that a, was what made that kind of stuff nice yeah, in the books and yeah, great. Yeah. Was that there was never like this, ooh. Yeah, it's when it's set up, it's not made a big deal of. Mm-hmm. And when it's paid off, it's not made a big deal of. I mean, sometimes when it's paid off, it's made more of a big deal of, depending on sure, the situation. Sure, it, it's but, a big thing. Right, like when they figure out the locket was a thing, that's a little bit, you yeah. know. But like, but the pet setup was this tiny little thing. And in this movie... They set up in the first Fantastic Beast, and I would have forgotten this had we not rewatched it two oh, days yeah, ago. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, they set up that uh, Picket, or I believe, or Pick, or whatever the uh-huh. the what is it? Oh shit! The little twig twig creature. The, the creatures that protect wand trees. Yeah. Bow truckle. Bow truckle. The bow truckle that is Newt's friend and part of the saddest scene. In the first movie where, but anyways, that, that scene where it is the sad one in the first movie where the guy, the, the Ron Perlman mm-hmm. goblin says, bull chuckles, can't they pick any locks? Or I hear they can pick any locks or something like that. And that's why he wants to po truckles because he's like a yeah. criminal mastermind yeah. guy and he wants them to like run jobs or whatever. And he, he's just one line. He says they can pick any lock or something. I hear they can pick mm-hmm. any lock or something like that. And that's all we ever hear. But we never see him do it in the movie. We never know. And we get a third of the way through this movie or halfway through this movie and they get locked in a cell and we're like, well shit, how without their wands or anything, yeah. like how do they get out there? How are they going to get out of there? And within five seconds, the door swings open and Pickett's hanging on the door, picked Picks it up the fucking lock and he grabs them and they run off and that's it. They don't say <laughs> anything about it. They don't say, Oh yeah, that's right. Bow truckles can pick any lock. Like they don't, you know, it's just like whoop, go. And I was like, that's how you do that. I enjoyed that. <laughs> no fanfare. It just happens and we move on. Uh, there were probably other things I like, but that's the end of my list. Uh, little things. I mean, it was a pretty movie. The magic at times uh-huh. looked really cool. It's a high budget film. You, you can kind yeah. of expect that. But yeah, there were a lot of the things I liked. So now we're going to discuss in numerous parts. We have numerous sections of the crimes of the crimes of Grindelwald. First things first, the confusing plot? Quote unquote <laughs> plot. Um so here's a fun game that we could try. Yes. We could try describing what happened in this movie. <sighs> okay. Alright. So what happens in this movie? Grindelwald escapes from jail. Mm-hmm. Newt's commander gets offered by the ministry to track down Credence, who is alive. Surprise. Yeah. Even though we thought he was dead, but he's just alive. He's just alive. And he's in Paris. And also... Or somewhere. Newt's ex-girlfriend, maybe? Yeah, Newt's ex-fling. Is marrying his brother. Is marrying his brother, who is an R, and her and Lita works for her brother's R's boss. Yes. And then... And then Newt goes home. But she still has feelings for Newt, it seems yeah, like. it seems and like. And Newt has feelings-ish for her, kind of. I don't think he ever got over He's her. not. Yeah, he never got over her. So then, but he says, no, I won't go find yes. him. Yes, he doesn't want the job at the ministry. So he goes and he goes home, but then Jacob and Queenie show up randomly. Yeah, like out of nowhere. I'm not even sure why. they. Sh- oh, because she wants to tell him that they got married, but we find out that she put a confundus charm or something on 
Jacob I to make them like a love spell or a love spell. Yeah, 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 yeah whatever. Know. Yeah, some sort of love. Because she wants to get married. But but in America, you can't marry muggles. You can't marry muggles. And then she leaves because Jacob is mad at her for cursing for, 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 yeah, for, for the spell for, on him. <laughs> so she leaves because she's mad at him for him being mad at her. And then and then Newt and Jacob decide to go on an adventure to Paris because Tina is also in Paris. Yes, and he knows Queen Queenie's going to find Tina who's yeah. in Paris. Oh, we forgot. What did we forget? Newt is banned from international travel. Newt can't travel internationally. That's important. Because of the whole Newt New York thing. Yeah. So they have to take a port key, a, a, a black market port key. Yes. To, to Paris. Paris. They get there. They do some snooping around. Some but weird. Before they got there, we have the scene with Tina at the circus. Oh yeah, Tina goes to the circus because somehow she knew Credence was at the circus. Yeah, she knew how Credence how she knew that was at the circus, like working at the circus because that's how you do when you're an orphan. I thought the whole mystery of this movie was like we got to find Credence. Everybody just knows where he is. Yeah, like right? Tina just finds him later in the movie. Uh, uh, what's his name? Just finds him. Grindelwald just finds him. Literally like, just walks up. They all, like they set it up like it's this big mystery of like, oh, where's Credence? Where's Credence? We gotta go find everybody him. Finds but him. Everybody finds him immediately. Just knows like that he's- nobody ever does any research. They all just find him. It's like what, they all just show up and he, they're like, yep, there's Credence. Like literally, Grindelwald just shows up and is like nope, there on is. the roof and he's with them. And I'm like, how did you know he was? Unless I missed something, but yeah. So they. So, so Tina Credence is there at yeah, the circus with Nagini, who is a snake woman. Yep, Maledictus. Yeah, we can't we'll go through talk this whole more plot. About that we later. Can't go well, I feel like we demonstrated enough for people but to the understand. Big, yeah, it's 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 a bit of nonsense, and it's a lot. It's it's a lot of nonsense. Yeah. Uh, and I thought your other game was fun. Where do the where are the act breaks in this movie? Yeah, let's try to divide this movie into three acts because. <sighs> It's like 17 different plots swirling around each other. I would say the second act break is when. Oh, shit. Credence. <laughs> um, is when. Maybe, but that might be in the third act. I might say the second act break is when. Kind of around the time when um, Grindelwald calls his followers mm-hmm. and tells Credence to meet at the cemetery. Yeah, but that's also kind of. But it's more, also like, like the. It, and it's hard to remember like the order that everything happened yeah, in. Yeah, it's impossible and to it's remember got, the order. It's got a real heavy middle. Yeah, like the middle is just. Yeah, I'm trying to place it in my head now, and I've been thinking about it for a while, and I still am like having a hard time remembering a big of like moment. Like, it's usually not super hard to find the act, yeah, where the acts split up, yeah, in movies, and I'm having a real tough time because, like, okay, let's talk about an easy example. What's yeah, a movie we know well and can easy example, The Lion King, right? First act break. After Mufasa dies and he leaves. Right. Second act break 
um, after Nala comes back and ret- he goes back return to Pride of the Rock. King. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Now that's a little, yeah, that one's a very simple one. Um, but yeah, usually it's not super hard. This one, and I think the third act break is around probably where I said. I think the third act break is a. Or sorry, yeah. the second act break. Yeah, but the, the where the second third act, act starts. Is a little clearer because uh, Grindelwald, when he calls all his followers at the end, I think that's more clearly like the climax. Yeah. But I have no idea where to put the first act break. I do not know. Uh, when they get to go to leave to Paris, maybe. Maybe that seems early, but yeah, maybe like when when Jacob and and Newt head to Paris potentially. Like that's a yeah, that could be it. That could be. Maybe I don't know, but yeah, it's it's a it's a bit of a mess. Um. So we have a lot. Uh, speaking of this confusing plot, we have lots of questions uh, we that we're going to try to uh, try to parse between ourselves, and maybe you have answers for us. Uh, if not, maybe you'll be entertained by our confusion. How did Newt know there was a box with Credence's heritage in the French Ministry? I don't. He just seems. He just to know says that it. All he just says it to Tina. He goes, "There's a box." In, in the in the French in ministry. the French ministry down on the whatever floor in their like hall of records yeah that will tell us Newt's that will tell us credences yeah whatever the heck tell us credences uh, heritage or whatever his his lineage and it, uh, it's literally never explained how they know how Newt yeah. knows that how that like we see the box earlier when Queenie goes into the ministry. We see one of the bad guys with it. Oh yeah, but he's not there. Well, yeah, we see him. They, he's because he, they're taking it out, right? And they're I was stealing confused because I thought they were taking it in, right? But apparently well, they were taking it out. Taking it out. <laughs> I didn't even put that together that that's what they were. I remember that scene of them. I thought here's the thing. I for, I forgot about that because I remember them breaking into them. I thought they were breaking into the ministry. I knew it was yeah, two of the yeah. bad guys. I knew it was the one bad girl and the other guy and I, and it was yeah i knew that i thought they were breaking into the ministry i didn't even put together that they had a box that was or that box that we see later yeah i just for i just thought that was a thread that the movie forgot about honestly I mean, but i know that is that that's so they were stealing that in mm-hmm. that moment that's fair yeah okay okay that makes sense uh but that still it still doesn't it make it sense doesn't that explain Newt, Newt knows why about he would it. know about it. And this is a thing that I forgot to put in our notes. But this was really weird. Tell me if you noticed this. When he when Newt and Tina go to the French ministry to try to get that record, there's like this creepy old woman who works. Yeah, I didn't get her at all. Records. And I thought she was gonna be like evil or like one of the bad guys in disguise because like the way she like looked at them yeah. and was like watching them yeah and like just let them go in even she lets them go in even Tina's though it seems clearly like they're clearly lying and it seems like she knows they're lying yeah. but she lets them go in maybe she's like oh, maybe the okay who lad maybe the idea <laughs> is that when they stole the box originally they like mm. imperious her mm. and said if any of these people show up now how they would know about newt and tina i don't know but maybe they said well maybe they maybe they said if if lita lestrange shows up maybe because they would know that she might go to look for it 
Maybe. Like, if Lita Lestrange or somebody saying they're Lita Lestrange shows up, let them in, but then sick the cats on them. I don't... It, I yeah, don't know. She eventually does sick the guard cats on them. Yeah, but that's after the real Lita shows up yeah. and gets in. I don't know, man. I don't know how the real Lita got in. Did the real Lita go? Because the real Lita is on a different floor. So did she go through the same desk? Because they come in on the yeah. first floor. Lita comes in on the second floor. So what did if she went on the second floor then she didn't go by the lady on the first floor and if that's the case because i was gonna say maybe the when the real lita came in then the lady was like oh oh, security breach but she was on the second floor not the first floor and also it seemed like the lady the evil librarian already knew that they weren't the real i I don't know i think you know it's there's something to be said for mystery yeah or for like a, a certain element of unreliableness, or or even just like it's not super important. Yeah, figure it out. But like, think about it. It's you know, if we have to parse the minutia of your movie this much, that's not a good oh, thing. Oh, it's infuriating. This movie was uh, very infuriating yeah. to watch at times, just trying to figure out what was happening. All right, moving on. Because uh, uh, we're two yeah. bullets into a f- <laughs> 50 bullet. Moving on then to point two. Why does everyone hate Lita Lestrange? That is never explained. This, this is it's completely unexplained. Like they show a flashback. Yeah. Where there are. Two, where she's in Hogwarts. Yeah, she's at Hogwarts and there are two girls that are like bullying. Her. Yeah. Like they don't like her. They don't like her. But everybody else seems fine with her. Yeah, it's literally just like two kids. Yeah. And everybody else doesn't seem to care. Dumbledore seems fine with her. Like he's he teaching seems her. Fine he seems with her. fine. He she's like, got a job at the ministry. Her coworkers seem fine with yeah, her. Yeah, in modern she's engaged. In modern times, she's married to a, a an important aura at the yeah. ministry. Or she's engaged to an important aura at the ministry. She's the assistant of the head of magical defense or whatever. She seems like everybody is like fine with her, yeah. other than like two kids in school. But apparently, and and the reason we asked this is because the thing that that made, that hit me like a truck, and I was like, "Wait, what?" Is that at the end of the movie she shows up when Grindelwald has his big rally, mm-hmm. everybody's there, and er, after everybody leaves, she walks up, and he and and Grindelwald walks up to her, and he's like, "I know, uh, oh, Lita Lestrange, I know you, uh, rejected by the Wizarding World yeah. or something." And I was like, "By who?" He said that, and I was like, "Wait a second, what?" Wait, what movie have I? What? Where was that? Like literally, all we saw of that was two girls in elementary school yeah. picking on her. I, I guess I've been rejected by the human society because I got picked on a couple times in elementary school. Like I don't. Everyone hates you. Yeah, I, it was so weird. He's like, "Come with me," and and then she like does like a fake out, but it looks yeah. like she's going to. Like she thinks about it, and I'm like, "What?" Why? And, and, and all I can think is that it has something to do with. And now we get the scene bef- right before that where she explains that she feels responsible for the death and, and so somewhat is responsible for the death of her brother. Yeah. And so she sort of carried that guilt around forever. So, but nobody knows about that. Right. Literally nobody knows about that. I mean, I maybe there's deleted scenes. There must be deleted scenes. That's my only or, explanation. I mean, maybe we're supposed to assume that she's like projecting but i feel like that's an awfully grand assumption yeah. to expect the average movie goer right. to make or or the idea but see if they're doing this they should do 
what they do with Queenie or he's doing or Grindelwald's doing legitimates and sort of working on her insecurities. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if they do that, we should get like some sort of whisper of his of her voice in his. We should get something to make it clear that that's what he's doing. Because there's no implication that that's what's going on. Now, he has Grindelwald. Odds are he can probably do legitimate. I don't know, though, because he seems to need Queenie, which we'll get to in a minute. Yeah, he seems to want Queenie on his side. So, yeah, I, I agree. I don't, I don't I don't know. I it was it was wild to me. Yeah, I did not make any sense. I also spent the whole movie wondering why she was following around the oars. Yeah, because she doesn't seem to also be an or she never like fights anyone or anything. They never say she's an or. Yeah, I was like, is she just like following her fiance around Paris while he works or what's happening yeah. here? I think they do. There is a line about this, but I think it's it's I mean, there's so much going on that you're yeah forgiven for not. I, I didn't remember it, but yeah, she is the, the, she's, yeah, assistant. She's the assistant to Travers. Who's the head of magical law enforcement? Yeah. But I had to go on the wiki today to figure yeah. that out. I was like, what did she do? Yeah, you're forgiven for forgetting that because, like I said, I don't think I remembered it, but I think there probably was a line early there in the probably, movie about. Probably like right when she first showed up. Shows up, or up with Newt and, and talks to him about going to see uh, Theseus or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> this one. <laughs> The Lita Lestrange, Clovis Lestrange backstory explanation is, I'm not kidding when I say some of the most confusing, incomprehensible exposition I have ever witnessed in a film. Ever. This scene, I probably turned to you 12 times in this scene while we're in the theaters. I wanted to yell out, what (laughs) like in the theater and see if anybody else was like on my level because it's nonsense like no it's it's it is incomprehensible lita lestrange they get into the 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 cemetery like the mausoleum area where the books and the or where the her lineage is yeah and there's this like 10 minute conversation including flashbacks yes about Originally, the the guy and I can't remember his name, Yasef or so, the, something, something like that. Um, Who's this character that doesn't even matter? No, uh, he shows up, and he's related to. He's her brother from another yeah, mother. He's like her, no, he's he's yeah. her brother from another father. father. He's her half brother through their mother. <sighs> yes. But then and it, that was incredibly confusing. Because there even. was like this whole weird thing where like her father like enchanted his mother. Dude, that's what I'm saying. This whole scene from the beginning to the end, there's like six explanations of who is whose parents yeah. and whose parents are whose parents and who uh, broke up with your like Lita's mom got enchanted by her dad who then broke up with her and then married a different woman and then had a different kid and then you sent that kid on a boat to a different place and then there was a different kid and she swapped him with that kid and it's all told by this guy and I don't it, it would be incomprehensible regardless but this whole scene is also delivered by a guy with a very thick accent that is not yeah. very thick a slightly thick accent that was slightly hard to understand especially saying like jk rowling wizard names like <laughs> lestrange and yeah. blah, 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 all these things and and he has this accent and then on and then on top of that again though it could have been 
I could have been you could have recorded it in my voice and I would not have understood what the well, fucking story it, it was. was I, <sighs> I couldn't right now you gun to my head. I could not tell you what the relationship between that dude, y- y- uh, whatever his name was, uh, Lita Lestrange, what the situation with her parents, his parents and Credence's parents were. Well, I guess Credence's parents is different, but what the relationship between her parents and his parents were and what happened with her. I I couldn't tell you. Like, OK, OK. <sighs> We'll talk about it later, but, like, Lita's kind of her own issue. Yeah. But this dude, that scene would have been, it would have been, like, at least 50% easier to understand if they had just cut the part with him out. His was irrelevant. It was completely irrelevant. Yeah. They could have just had Lita show up and be like, actually, here's what happened. Yeah, because she does do that. Yeah. Ultimately. There's no purpose to him but all he all he does is confuse it all he does is make me go wait okay because she he tells this whole he tells the whole story yeah and she goes no that's wrong it's actually this (laughs) and it's like the same story but slightly different and i'm like no i didn't even understand the first story like I, i couldn't even follow the first story you can't tell me a different story now like uh it it was incomprehensible uh, his name is. Well, that's not his name. It's not Arnold. <laughs> it was definitely not Arnold. It was listed as that was the guy. Oh no, 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 no! Sure that's that... the guy from the ministry. Okay. At the beginning, I think. Ah, Yusuf Kama. Yusuf Kama. Yusuf Kama. K A M A. However, that's pronounced. Yeah, I thought it was like Yusuf or something. Yeah, Yusuf, comma. So that Yusuf, yeah, that's uh, yeah. He explains his whole story, and then Lita's like, "Actually, you're wrong. Here's the same story, but different." It's I, incomprehensible. I've never been more confused in five minutes in a movie theater. I've been more confused watching really terrible movies for my stupid <laughs> YouTube show. I've never been more confused in like a professional, like in a big budget like movie. It was inco- it was incomprehensible. It, it was it's so convoluted. Yeah. And for no reason. For no reason. For no reason. For no reason. Yeah, it, it's Yeah, it was it was rough. I I literally it was blowing my mind how I wasn't like hearing I wanted to I wanted I was looking around the theater waiting for other people to look around like is anybody following this? <laughs> like I wanted that moment of to catch eyes with somebody and go and like raise my arms and shrug at them like I don't like I'm we're on I don't that's what I was it was I didn't understand what was going on are you ready for the yes let's move on okay so this is like a sticking point for me yeah how did Grindelwald and company know about Queenie and know that she's a legimens. Legilimens. Legilimens. I have no idea how to say it. Legilimens. Okay, because they like they bring her into the fold. Yeah. And it's very clearly deliberate. Yeah. And then at the end, we figure out why they wanted her there because they want her to read Credence's mind to like know 
what he's thinking. Is that why? Oh, I mean, that's what I assume. I mean, that's what she does at the yeah. end. Like, they use her that's that why, way. That's why I'm assuming that Grindelwald oh. doesn't know how to do that, because like, very clearly they needed her, because yeah, cause in they that last purposefully scene, bring her into... Yeah, in that last scene, she goes like, oh, he's scared and confused, don't yeah. come on too strong, or whatever. Like, they know. go to great lengths yeah, you're to right. bring her into the fold, but how do they know? How do they know what she was capable of? How do they know who she is? How do they know to target her? How do they know that she's dating a muggle how do they even know she's in paris i none of that is makes any sense other than and especially because there's not even because the 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 two bad guys are in the scene where she's in the ministry but there's not even a moment of them like 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 hearing her say i'm looking for tina what i'm like maybe they would put there's nothing like making it clear that they noticed her or saw her or heard her say anything yeah. Unless it's a deleted scene. But like they literally just walk through and walk out while she's like picking shit up off the floor. So like I Yeah, I have no idea how they know who she is or anything about her. And like Grindelwald uses her relationship with Jacob as a way to like entice her. Yeah. That like, oh, when I'm in charge, you'll be able to love, love who you want to love. Love whoever you want to love. She we'll talk she, about we'll, it. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk fucking about talk that. about it. That's um, but very clearly from the beginning of the movie we know that it was a big secret yeah that they were together they were together so how, does he know? how does he know how does he know uh and he's been in jail the only thing it could be is wait for the next movie but that doesn't make it's any sense that's, that's a that's a cop out yeah but. that's bad um this is a small thing um but we see at one point we see nicholas flamel open up a book and talk to someone yeah. in a picture in the book which isn't I mean, that's obviously not wild for no. the Harry and, Potter and universe. What I will give this, it, it's frustrating, but what I will give this is that maybe it's one of those JK, here's a little thing. Wait. Yeah. Next movie, that'll be yeah. a thing that's important. And, re- you know, like I'll give it that, that, like that to me is a little different than what we were talking about with like, how do they know she was in Paris? How did it like. No, no, I agree. But I do agree that it was like, who is that? It was, it a, was little, a little annoying. It was a like, little annoying just because I didn't know if I was supposed to yeah, recognize it. It felt that like person. you were supposed to know yeah. who it was. And, and I was, because it's a book, it's like a picture book, mm-hmm. like the, like the one Hagrid gives. Yeah, Harry. And he opens it up and like he an album. speaks with a, a woman. Yeah, and she's like, she's like in a in like a almost like a castle or something. Mm-hmm. She's in like a elegant back, like a yeah. old old background. I was wondering, like, is it like a, I was thinking maybe it's like a portrait of somebody at Hogwarts or something? Maybe or because I, my other thought was, was it his wife? But we do, and you mentioned this. We know his wife's alive. Not not that that still couldn't be his wife, but he could also like use flu powder or something if he wanted to talk to his wife yeah if she's alive which we know she is because she's alive in the books and the original series i mean if it is supposed to be someone from hogwarts maybe that's how he communicates with dumbledore yeah that was my own but then why wouldn't he just talk to dumbledore like why wouldn't he just well i i I don't know know. it was like i said it's not a huge deal it was just mildly it was a little infuriating as a fan thinking like i should know who that is supposed to know who that is but i don't and i i think i think it's going to be a thing that's going to get paid off later but it, it kind of to me kind of broaches the issue of that like that little setup and payoff 
I don't know if it works as well in movie format as it does in book format. It depends how you do it. This one doesn't work as well. The, the one with with uh, the bow truckle, the bow truckle worked great because That's it's true. not yeah. it's it's just a, a piece of knowledge. Yeah, it gives you something in the first movie, but doesn't give you a question. It just gives you a piece of knowledge. Bow truckles can pick locks. Moving on. Not going to talk about it for a while. Then it gets paid off. That piece of knowledge you had gets paid off. This one is a mystery. Right. That hopefully will pay off. You know no, what that, I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. So so it, because in the books it works because and, and so when you do stuff like that, it has to be if you do it in a movie, it has to be the same way she does it in the books. Like with the with the locket, it wasn't. And then he pulled out a locket and it vibrated and smoked. And then they didn't know what they couldn't get it open. So they threw it in a closet and walked away. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just literally like in a list of stuff and then it ends up being important. There's no mystery in the initial setup. But once you read it, you go, oh, shoot. Look Mm -hmm. at that. That that could be a thing as opposed to this feels like it's a thing. What is this thing? And then you don't know if it's a thing or not. You know what I mean? Like there's there's yeah. the difference. Like I think you can do it. And I think this one might work because I, I want to give it the benefit of the doubt that this is going to tie into something in a later movie mm-hmm. and be interesting, hopefully. But it's still not the best way to do that. No. Yeah, not at all. Um, This is another little thing. I Newt does this piece of magic. Um, when he gets to the the place where the in, circus in was, Paris where the circus was, that like allows him to see like impressions, yeah, of what was there, yeah. Um, and it's it, like it's like prior incantatum, but like prior circumstances, <laughs> like <laughs> prior circumstantia. Yeah, he says something <laughs> like he's. I can't remember what he says. Yeah. He says the spell out loud. I had mixed feelings it about was, this. Like it looked cool, but. Like two things that bothered me was that one, it seemed like this really impressive piece of magic that just like wasn't commented on at all. Yeah. And I I was kind of like, how powerful is Newt supposed to be? How, 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 what is his power level? Yeah. Yeah, I did feel the same way because I never was under the impression that Newt was particularly powerful, but I'm willing to give that he's more powerful than I always sort of expected thought right. of him because he he of his sort of humble reserved nature he just never yeah and that like the, the the idea of him being more powerful than maybe is let on doesn't really bother me right i guess what bothered me more so was that it seemed like it was kind of out of nowhere yeah i i agree i i i, I thought it was a cool i was like i said i have mixed feelings about this i thought it was cool looking at first i was like i thought i thought the same thing of like this seems like what is this i've never like and I'm totally fine with seeing spells we've never seen before. You got to mm-hmm. expand the universe. You got to add new cool stuff. I get it. Um, and the thing that I worked for me originally was when he first does it, he starts seeing like mag- the magical creatures that yeah. have been there. And I was like, oh, maybe this is like some, some like tracking creature, creature like because yeah. it makes sense for him. Like, yeah. you know, maybe other wizards have no use for this. So we've never seen any other wizard use it. But like for Newt, who's trying to find creatures cool although that would beg the question of why didn't he use that in the first movie when the whole plot was about him looking for creatures right moving on right uh, yeah 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 but disregarding that so i when it was that i was like oh that, that's kind of cool like i'm on board with that mm-hmm. like that would be yeah. neat but then it gets a little weird because then he sees tina yeah 
and like Tina's footprints and stuff. And I was like, well, so it's like we can. See- and then he finds a f- <laughs> yeah. feather we and the feather leads them. Yeah. And Tina. Yeah. And then the feather leads them. A feather from a hat leads them to Yusuf. Yeah. And I was like, this is all right. That got a little different. I, it was just a little weird. It was. Yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't mixed about it. I, I It did feel a little too impressive for something we've never heard of or seen before. And a little too impressive for like Newt, mm-hmm. potentially. Yeah. I, again, I like I have no problem with Newt being more powerful, but it feels like it's than we think. But like, yeah, I, I agree. It, it was a yeah, little. It doesn't feel like a good way to introduce that idea yeah. to me. Yeah. If we're going to introduce that, it needs to be introduced by like. Dumbledore or mm-hmm. Grindelwald or somebody like that we know like oh boy they're crazy powerful yeah and then move it on or, or or have it be a specific type of thing like this is a way to find magical creatures and that's why Newt can do it whatever yeah. you know or knows how to do it <laughs> so the big <laughs> twist the big who boy fuck you twist to this movie Credence <laughs> is the long lost brother here to unknown brother of albus dumbledore yeah did they say specifically well, that he, they to say be he's fair, a dumbledore they say he's a dumbledore he might not be his brother yeah that was my assumption so i you know now that you mentioned that maybe that's a better way to make it a different direction that he's not his brother but like a cousin or something something uh yeah maybe maybe but so he's a Dumbledore, uh, you know, that makes me change almost all my entire feelings about that. If he's not his brother, because well, my it, the implication it, feels like, the, yeah, he's Dumbledore's like it younger feels brother, like long lost brother territory. But if that's the case, because we see when we and see especially because his baby. name's Aurelius and the A's Aberforth, yeah. uh, Albus, Ariana. Like really? all of the yeah. kids have a names. It was but when the, we see him as a baby in the flashback, he's with like there's a woman taking yeah. care of him and taking we, him to America. And we know, but he's got a thing we don't in him. Know who that is? He's got a thing in him, and the idea could be that he's got the what you call it in him the the obscurus obscurus. So maybe the idea is the Dumbledore's mom or something realized or his dad i don't remember when his dad even died or whatever but i thought an obscurus formed when you were like punished for your magic or like like i thought the idea that the obscurus formed like because he was living with the crazy religious lady in the first movie well maybe yeah now i can't remember if that's ever explained <laughs> thoroughly. Um, but he, I mean, my question. Yeah, let's get on to your question. Here I'm do a quick Google. With, with Credence being a Dumbledore, potentially. Uh, assuming, I, I mean, first off, I'm assuming that we'll get this information in an upcoming movie. Yeah, I'm we will probably. Wondering. Um, but assuming that Grindelwald isn't like lying to him or trying to trick him or whatever. You're right. But real quick, by the way, you're it is uh, an Obscurus uh, is a dark and parasitic force uh, created when the child in question consciously attempts to repress their talent or were first forced to do so through physical or psychological abuse. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, that's that's the implication. Yeah. All right. So 
assuming it's not a lie. Yeah, that Grindelwald's not lying. We have another example, I feel like, of Grindelwald just, like, having knowledge that we don't know. Like, how would he know that he was a Dumbledore? Because, like, if Lita was the only one who knew that she switched babies, then how could he have possibly have known? Because everyone would have thought that Aurelius Dumbledore died in the boat. And I, or, yeah, oh, yeah. Or I would assume that the child was under like a pseudonym that was being transported to America under like not, you yeah, know what maybe. I mean? Like, yeah. Cause like, why would the baby? This is a lot of questions. Yeah, there are a million questions that we could go down of like, why was the child? And I assume, again, that probably a lot of these will be answered in further movies. Yeah. Fully understand that. But yeah, how did the fuck the Grindelwald know about it is. We have no idea. Because it doesn't seem like... Like, I can buy that he knows about Queenie more than I can buy that he knows this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. At least, yeah, because he ran into... He ran into um, Newt at the end of the first movie and Tina. Mm -hmm. So he knew them and he knows of them. So somehow during his communications while he was in prison, because we know he was basically had a... A man on the inside helping him. Yeah. That helps him escape that that person he could have had that person looking, maybe looking for Tina and Newt and and finding out information about them. Again, none of that's in the movie, but maybe that's what was going on. So, yeah, that's a little understandable. But like, yeah, no idea how he would know who Credence was or how he would have gotten that information. Also, on a similar note, other than the magic skull. Uh, Maybe the magic skull thing that's just the, the a, magic skull, the magic MacGuffin. <laughs> yeah. I, I do we know also why the elf caretaker lady just like gives credence away to that religious nutter woman? Do we ever like is that, does she actually say that or does does she get killed right before she's about to say that? Like how does he end up with her? Yeah, we don't know. She dies as she was saying. She says your mom told me that it had me take you to i don't remember she dies in the middle yeah. of that scene she gets avada cadavered by the bad or guy. guy speaking of whatever happened to him is he still there at the end? i don't remember if he lived or died okay. because uh to be fair it was a lot of like boring looking white dudes in this movie this and they're wearing hats and they were very <laughs> interchangeable to me and i did not could not remotely tell like him like him and like the the head of defensive magic uh, yeah. or like uh theseus's like boss guy and like boring, half boring middle-aged white guys boring middle-aged suits. british white dudes in in fedoras and suits all looked exactly the same like i couldn't tell you what happened to that guy <laughs> i didn't even think of that until like 24 hours i forgot yeah watched I, I felt like the last hey, time we wait a minute wasn't the last time we saw him when he when apparated like, out of that orb like after he kills the elf lady the elf caretaker and then uh credence attacks him and then he just he, apparates inside the orb do we uh, see yeah. him again after that was that before or after he's revealed to be a double agent oh uh, well there sorry the other time we see him he talks to grind right yeah. after that he goes to grindelwald but i and, think you're right i think but that's after the last that time we see him but I don't know. We could have seen him every <laughs> scene after that. And I never would have been able to tell you the difference between him and <laughs> half the other people in the movie. Um. Okay. So. There's like an implied. Well, that's not even. 
it's kind of implied, but it's kind of overt. I there's like a love triangle between Lita and Newt and Theseus, yeah, who's Newt's brother, right? And well, first off, there's not nearly enough of an explanation for why Newt and Theseus don't get along. There's not an explanation. I didn't have much problem with this because I kind of just got the from like sort of the context and some of the I actually picked up that it was they mainly don't get along because Theseus is sort of a outgoing um, Mm -hmm. go getter. That's fine. And and I mean, because there's a line where Newt says he's a bit of a hugger. Yeah. And like sort of contrasting Newt's sort of reserved uh, awkward nature and like theseus is like his big tall cool handsome brother who's like working for the ministry and is like an or and like newt's just like wants to go sit in his room and play with animals like you know what i mean, I mean like i just saw that like never really that's fine and i i wouldn't have a problem with there being more of like an implied tension especially between siblings yeah except that I felt like they shoehorned Lita in as like a further explanation for why they don't get along. Right. And it doesn't work because the whole thing is so underdeveloped. Yeah, it's completely her Theseus and Lita are completely underdeveloped. We like never see them together. We never know why they're together. Why are they together? We never hear like what happened between her and Newt that now he's with her. Like it's mentioned in the first movie that he liked Lita and that like, or whatever he has a picture yeah. of her but like that's all we ever hear and, and then like, she's just okay that's a juicy story though. right like you were like kind of sort of a lovers ish with this guy and then you end up with his older brother yeah. like how's we, that happen how does that happen we never get any backstory on how that happened and and i would imagine we won't because spoiler she's fucking <laughs> yeah. dead like what she fucking this would it. be the movie for it if we were going to get any of it and we don't and I, it felt like there should have been a couple more flashback scenes mm-hmm. after that moment where they're like hanging out with the the raven in the tower yeah and they're like newt and lita are bonding there should have been a couple more like flashbacks or something where yeah because she starts like growing close to Theseus or something give us something of the setup of their relationship we don't know what their fallout was no between Lita and we don't know what the fallout was how Lita and Theseus got together no we it like I said it's just it's very underdeveloped and it felt like shoehorned in yeah I agree with that I did like I actually liked the relationship between Theseus and and Newt and it made sense to me as just sort of they like polar opposite um personalities kind of Mm mm-hmm and 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 then on top of that being siblings and then but there's also they do care about each other like and you got that from the beginning like when Theseus tells Newt like the ministry's watching you even though Newt won't do what his brother wants him to his Theseus still tells him like is looking out for him he's like look the ministry's watching you don't yeah you know just as a heads up and so like I actually kind of liked their relationship there's not a, a lot of it in the movie but I thought it worked pretty well but yeah it the whole Lita thing is yeah, I'll, I'll see to your points on that. I just think it would have been a lot stronger if they hadn't done the love triangle yeah. thing. Either don't do it or or, or flesh or, it or, out. Yeah, or do it properly. Or do it, yeah. Don't half ass it. Yeah, do one of the two. Don't don't just do Yeah, don't just throw it in there. That was it for confusing plot? Um, our next two <laughs> sections are shorter. Oh yeah, well, most of our segments are shorter yeah. from here on out. Well, except for the last one. But yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> this section is too much stuff. 
not enough space. So this is this like, movie is not a TARDIS. This movie is not the bottom <laughs> of Newt Scamander's lab. This is like several, it wishes it was. It's, no, it is. Se- it's several movies crammed into one movie. Yeah, and it is not a good look. No, like and the the frustrating thing to me is that these separate movies are all movies that I would have been happy to watch yeah. separately. Yeah. Like I would be happy to watch Newt Scamander run around Collecting being like beasts. a wizard uh, um, crocodile hunter. Right. Like fun. it would have been great. fun, super fun, great, happy time. I also would have been happy to watch like a, an action drama about Grindelwald yeah, and Dumbledore. And, yeah. And like they're back and forth. Yeah. I here's the thing. I like what this movie tries to do. I li- I like taking both of those and mashing them together. It's just here's the problem, I think. I think the problem is that this is JK Rowling's movie. Burn. And I, I mean that with all due respect, um in the sense that JK Rowling is not a screenwriter. Yeah. I mean, she's now written a couple movies. I think this and the first one, but she's not a screenwriter and she doesn't have the practice of a screenwriter. Um, She's the only credited writer on this movie. Mm. And what she really, really needed was an editor. She needed another person who knew how to write for screen to come in. And now, now who's to say she didn't and it's just not credited. I don't know. Or how much input somebody else, whatever. I'm just saying what, what this movie felt like it needed was somebody else to come in and go, we got to pare this down. We have to make this like, like all these ideas, yeah. lots of good ideas here, but we can't put all of this into one, two an hour and 15 minute movie. It was like, she was the drunk friend and she needed a sober friend yes. to be like, maybe not. Absolutely. And here's the thing is actually made me really appreciate, despite all the faults we had with the Harry Potter series, the original Harry Potter series, this made me really appreciate Steve Clovis as a screenwriter. Uh huh. Because, I mean, the problems we have with those movies, they are legion. We've talked about them, you know. <laughs> but those movies work as movies generally. Yeah. The plots make sense. You can follow them. <laughs> this one you cannot. And it's. I think the problem is that J.K. Rowling wrote what she wanted to write in a 800-page book, a 900-page mm-hmm. book. And then she... tried to figure out a way to cram that into two hours yeah and so that's why when we go through our things that are better in the book from all those movies it's a bunch of things because the book the movie writer the screenwriter steve clovis usually went can't have this can't have this can't have this this is just too much too much too much too much too much and some of the stuff sucks and there's some things i think they should have left in that they removed but i i really do appreciate that you can't do what jk rowling (laughs) would want to do in a two and a half hour movie or two hour and yeah, 15 minute movie. It's not possible. This is not possible. And I mean, and then the thing that's wild is that even though they man, she crams so much stuff into two hours and two hours and 15 minutes, this movie still manages to be boring at times. Yeah. And like we spend a lot of times in rooms with people standing around talking to each other mm-hmm. or like walking to places, talking to each other. Or yeah, like, it's a little Tolkien-esque in that way. It really is of a lot of standing around talking. And like punctuated by the occasional action sequence. Whereas a lot of looking back on the Harry Potter movies, Mm -hmm. the original Harry Potter series, 
that's not the case. There, you get those at the end. You get yeah. those sort of expositiony couple <laughs> couple characters to, standing in a room. We discussing. go to Dumbledore's office. We go to Dumbledore's office. Everything. Or we happened. stand in a we stand in a graveyard, or we you know what or whatever we you know. Exactly. We have those big exposition kind of people standing in rooms talkings at the end, but the rest of them yeah. move action to action. Things right. happen. And, and the, the beats of this movie don't work. No, the pacing is yeah, real rough. The pacing rough. is rough. And I, I think you're right. I think it's because she doesn't know how to screen. No, she's not a right screenplay. I mean, as I think that's just kind of what it boils down to. She's yeah. not a right screenplay. Well, we can't all have every talent, I guess. No, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Um. Okay, so I wanted to talk about Lita. Yeah. And I put this under this category because I'm so sorry, but Lita is wholly unnecessary to this movie. Like, full stop unnecessary she really is her I, like it's unfortunate I, I, it is because i, I liked like the character yeah i liked the character i liked the performance this was um ooh, oh yeah I can't zoe kravitz isn't it yeah i think it is yeah um but like her character and her storylines are barely developed yeah she just gets she's nothing bare to, minimum yeah so they like they bring her but she's in. like a main yeah. element of the story but she's she's so underdeveloped they they bring her into this movie and for what like so that newt could finally decide he wants to oppose wizard hitler yeah and then they just kill her like what was the point yeah there's the, a oh there's a term for that it's a trope the, when the the female character dies to spur the male character oh, into action, I don't know the name of it, but I'm sure there is. It sounds like a trope. I mean, it is a trope. It is a trope. I'm just saying. I it, just don't know the name of it. Know. I don't either. But yeah, she literally does. She's she's irrelevant <laughs> yeah. to the plot. But while being pivotal, it's the weirdest thing. Like she's super important, but completely underdeveloped, yeah. completely underutilized, completely. She like her character could have been really cool, but totally gets the shaft. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's rough. It's it's real rough. Um, and speaking of characters getting the shaft, <sighs> yeah. Let's move on to our next segment. <laughs> pew pew character assassination. So let's talk about Queenie. Let's talk about Queenie. From beginning to end, just a total departure <sighs> from the first movie. This was mind blowing to me. Like, she was one of the most interesting, fun characters. She was so delightful. Delightful while not being a caricature in the first movie. Yeah. And this movie just fucking destroys her. Just straight up mutilates her character. Yeah. Like in unfathomable ways that I was not prepared for. Like it was the last thing I would have expected from this movie was what they did to Queenie. Like it was yeah, so I, weird. So, so she ends up falling in with Grindelwald. Yeah. And like, okay, even if like the idea, like the message that we're trying to get at here is like, oh, I got the message. Even even normal people can yeah. get caught up by by a demagogue. Yeah, that's the message. I think that's the theme. Is, hmm. I think that's the I think that's the theme. And again, that has its own problematic overtones of like, you know, like just 
they're not, you know, they got caught up. They fucking voted for Hitler, but like, they're not that bad of a person. There's some, you know, like that has, you know, like, <laughs> I, uh, it's questionable to begin with. But, but also, in the most charitable view, I can see what she's going for. In the most charitable view, yes. But also, like, we know that Queenie's not an idiot. No, that's the thing. Queenie's not an idiot. But this movie thinks she is. Yeah. Like, she has to know that Grindelwald isn't actually going to let her marry a muggle. Yeah. Because, like, his whole thing is that they're subhuman. Yeah. That was the thing that straight up blew my mind about this movie. Yeah. And she can fucking read minds. She can read minds. She can read minds. But more, yeah. But even disregarding that. Her whole reason she she basically joins up is that she thinks somehow that with Grindelwald in power, because Grindelwald talks to her for five seconds and goes, love who you want to love. And she goes, but I I love Jacob and I want to get married and he won't get married. And the whole reason Jacob won't be married is because in America, muggles and wizards can't get married and he doesn't want Queenie to get in trouble for marrying a muggle. So he doesn't want to marry her because of that. There's a whole host of problematic elements about this. Mm. One is that like... It's the 20s, so maybe it's somewhat forgivable, but, like, the whole idea that he doesn't want to get married with her, but she's so fucking obsessed with the idea of marriage that she has to be married to him. Uh, But, like, so that's the whole thing. And then because Grindelwald says, oh, you love who you want to love, she somehow buys in that that means she can marry a muggle when she literally sat there and listened to Grindelwald talk about the fact that muggles... I mean, he says, well, they're not below us. They're just lesser. Like, he basically, yeah. like, just fucking bullshits about how, oh. They're not below we us, don't, but actually they We are. don't hate muggles, but we kind of fucking want to wipe them off the face of the earth. Like, and again, it's kind of going for that whole, like, uh, silver-tongued, you know, yeah. demigod. Like, but, oh, she's not an idiot. Like, she's not, a, she shouldn't be an idiot. She's a little naive about some things, but mm-hmm. she's not a fucking idiot. Like, and yeah, and yeah, and so the fact that she buys in and is like, yeah, I'll join you because somehow that means I'll get to marry this muggle right. is I mean, mind it's just, blowing. It's 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 like if like a Christian person in Germany in the 1940s yeah. was like, I want to marry a Jewish yeah. person. Yeah, I better vote for Hitler yeah. because he's gonna let me marry. That's literally <laughs> what literally what. That happens, and uh, and again, I know it's gonna. I know we're gonna get the turn. We're gonna get. She's gonna real. Like we yeah. know where that's where it's going. I know that's where it's going. Obviously, that's where it's going. Queenie's not gonna stay a fucking bad guy. Like that's just not gonna happen. But, and again, I get it for like the attempted idea, but it feels weird. It it's feels weird. really and it's, weird. Let's. And it feels really like problematic. She's because she's not an idiot. And unless Grindelwald is a really good Aquamans or Aquamans, Aquamans, yeah. like she should know that he's bullshitting her. You would think. You would think. You would think. I I I I don't know. It's and and like I, and you hinted at this earlier, but like not only is this a departure from her character, it's kind of a sexist. Oh, I thought departure. it was sexist as shit. It's like all of a sudden she's like hysterical and she's desperate to get married. Yeah. And she's putting Jacob under a love spell and yeah. like all this shit. Yeah. And, and yeah, she's literally I mean, the the the, the way this storyline culminates 
is that our 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 protagonist in this moment, Jacob, <laughs> the the storyline culminates by him being justified in calling his girlfriend a crazy bitch. Yeah. Like because he almost says it early in the movie. And he yeah. goes, he goes, you're, you're being, cr- and then it's like starts their whole fight and blah, blah, blah. And like, blah, whatever. But then in this moment, because, and I mean, to be fair, she's being in, like she's, stupid. She, yeah. Like, but, but because, because, because her character doesn't make any sense and was assassinated. Like it's not, it doesn't, it, it just doesn't follow from her character. So he's justified in saying she's crazy. But the fact that this male character is justified in calling his girlfriend crazy as like the climax of their storyline in this movie feels fucking weird. Yeah, it's weird. Like it feels it's really gross. regressive. Like, and it doesn't make any sense with what we saw of her in movie no, one. She's no. a totally different character. Totally different character. It just felt so out of nowhere because like she goes to France and gets a little bit scared. Yeah. Because she doesn't speak French. I don't know. I, I think I know what the movie was trying to do, but boy, it just doesn't it just, work. Yeah. Yeah. This is, I mean, it is a thing too. So we're going to do a whole episode about the problematic elements of Harry Potter. This movie is like the whole series level of problematic in one yeah. movie is i sort of feel like it's like they took all of the problematic things that are like spread out of through the whole yeah. series and then and like condensed it condensed into one movie them into one movie yeah and magnified them and like shone a light on them yeah in the dirty underbelly speaking of what's your point jk Rowling? what's your point <laughs> What do you want us to get? That's the name of our next segment. What's your point, JK? Which is that I asked myself that a lot throughout this movie. Yeah. And, and again, it's a thing you ask yourself occasionally during the book series where you get elements where you're like, I don't know if that... I don't know if that adds up. I don't know if that works the <laughs> way either you thought it did or if it does, then I'm grossed out by the fact that you wanted that to work out that way uh, this <laughs> movie has a lot of that of yeah. what's what exactly is your point I'm confused so here's a big one yes does Grindelwald actually want to stop World War 2 and if yes how the fuck am I supposed to feel about that I don't know because yes he shows he uses the hookah skull. The hookah of skull of, of uh, the hookah skull of uh, for <laughs> foretelling. Uh, foretelling, uh, and blows a smoke, smoke, smoke into the air garage. in front of all the wizards that are at his uh, Nazi rally, and basically says, "This is what's coming." And it's yeah. and it's essentially shots. It's like a montage of World War Two. Yeah, it's like the the invasion of Normandy. Uh, some other stuff, and then the nuke, the bombs on Nagasaki. Oh, yeah, yeah, they show the, the atomic bomb yeah. and the mushroom cloud. Yeah. Uh, yeah, which, you know, dropped two nukes or two yeah. atomic bombs at the end of the war. And so, again, like you said, what what am I supposed to feel? Here's my assumption of what JK might have been going for. But it doesn't work. We'll talk about why it doesn't mm-hmm. work. But I think this is what she was going for. I think the idea was that she's... Showing that 
sort of um, fascist leaders use fear mongering yeah. to whip up a crowd to draw followers to their cause. Look at this scary thing. Look at this yeah. big scary. This is the scary thing that's going to happen. We're on the slippery slope. There's a slippery slope to Armageddon. There's a fucking migrant caravan. There's a fucking blah, 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 whatever you want. Um, you know, the, the they use fear. Mm-hmm. To whip up followers uh, because fear motivates people very effectively. Yes. And I think that's what she's going for. But here's the problem with that. And it's muddy to us as viewers because we know that the thing he's using to fear monger actually happens. Yeah. It's a real it's not. And was horrific. And was horrific. Yes. Like truly was terrible. Like millions thousands millions of people died millions upon millions of people died um and 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 yeah so we get this moment where we're like am i supposed to be rooting for him yeah because he wants to stop this yeah so he says so he says but again there's the flip side is that his his idea of stopping this is that we just need to like enslave muggles which is also bad so like "Ah," but it's muddy and and the the thing is like the reason the reason fear-mongering is bad when fascist dictators or you know when 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 people starting a sort of populist uprisings fascist uprisings use it the reason it's bad is because the real the the in the real world those fears are unfounded right or they're overblown yeah like in 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 1930s germany is the the jews were the the right. fear this or like the red scare here the red scare or 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 in modern days the fucking caravans and the fucking what whatever yeah. you want to pick thing the fucking <laughs> um death panels for the <laughs> uh, health insurance whatever the reason these fear-mongering things are bad is because they're nonsense. They're not mm-hmm. real problems. They're not real bad things that are going to happen. They're made-up, overblown, hyperbolized fears used to draw right. in you, followers yeah. and, and, and ironize your side, Yeah, you, basically. you seize onto one thing that you know makes your followers uncomfortable, and you blow it up and blow yeah. it up and blow it up. Right. And so... Again, in this scene, that happens. This is the thing. As viewers, we know it happens. To them, they don't know, so you can kind of argue. Yeah. But, like, we know it happens. We yeah. know that's reality. Like, that's what happens 20 years from now. and so Or 15 years from now. I think the scene would have been more effective for the theme if they had shown, like, some weird, like, hyperbolized version of World War II. I don't know how... Yeah. I mean, it's already bad enough. I it, Like, it, it, it had... It was already terrible. But, like, if there was... Some way of doing it where, like, they show, and I mean, fucking London did basically get leveled, but, like, London, like, a desert. Yeah. Or, yeah, like... Yeah, just fucking make something up. Make something make up. Make something up. That that makes it clear that he is playing on their fears of, like, we will all... Or, shit, show... And here's here's an even better way. Show the show the fucking concentration camps, but show wizards in the concentration camps. Mm-hmm. Show you know, and that's questionable in its own way. But like, show the the because that's what you're playing on is the fear of the wizards. Show the right. wizards being. I mean, and and they're obviously caught in the crossfire of a world war. Like they're yeah. gonna wizards are gonna die when nukes are dropped or whatever. But like, show specifically in that moment. Him playing up this grand threat to wizards beyond just 
a war that right. we know happens. So that way we can be like, okay, I see what's going on here. This 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 demagogue is is you know is playing to their fears in turn mm-hmm. in, in a way to sort of utilize them for his his own purposes. But that's not what happens, and it's really confusing know, about what I'm supposed very to take confusing out. Confusing <laughs> as a viewer. Yeah, it's very. I like. I don't. I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of that, and that's why this whole segment is called "What's Your Point, J.K.?" Uh, including at that rally. Mm. <laughs> Hi, boy! Oh, boy! Do I? Oh have, no! Yeah, you were on fire. About I was on this fire about this. This feels real. Real weird to me. Real gross. So, Theseus finds out about the rally that Grindelwald's going to have. Yeah. And he wants to go and stop. I don't even know. He never even says exactly what he wants to do. But Dumbledore, is. he's talking to Dumbledore. And Dumbledore tells him, don't go. Mm -hmm. Don't go to the rally. And then kind of implies if you do go, don't, don't call it, like, don't start anything. Don't. You know, don't do anything. Don't we don't want violence, whatever, whatever. Basically imploring him like not to like go to this rally. Yeah. And this to me feels like J.K. Rowling is literally having Dumbledore, our 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 moral compass of this whole kind of. I mean, he has his faults, but like But the, he kind of is. He is the moral, like, good guy of the series that we, you know, he's he's the ultimate good guy. Basically tells our good guys in this movie, the Aurors, the Ministry, Newt, whoever, not to go protest or stop literal fascists from organizing because it's quote unquote not illegal. They they say this yeah, in the they movie. Do say that it's not it's, illegal for them to to, to go to, there, to and, there and, and, and listen. And, to yeah, them. to gather and listen. So don't go. Don't go mess with that. And like, I kind of get. Uh, I, I'm of two minds about this. This is a thing I debate in my with myself all the time about sort of uh, what's effective versus what's right, that sort of thing. Like, I, I get all mm-hmm. this, and, like, I get the point. But here's where it feels weird to me, is that it feels really gross and irresponsible to basically have the theme be, the message be, if you go and protest against literal wizard Hitler... All you're going to do is is make them angry and give them more ammunition for their side. It's like, well, then what do we fucking do, J.K. Rowling? Like, what's the answer then? Like, what? No, for real. Yeah. Like, you just let like because literally the implication of this is if if Albus Dumbledore got what his way, like if, if Theseus and the Aurors did what Dumbledore said, Grindelwald just has his giant Nazi rally. Yeah. Because if confronting them and trying to stop them, we don't want to do that because it just makes things worse. Yeah. Then the only other option is to do nothing. To do nothing. To just let them do their thing. Yeah. And now it gets because here's the thing at the rally. And this is where it feels really like timely and gross and makes it even more weird is that at the rally, one of the 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 fascist people attacks one of the oars. Mm hmm. And the Aura defends himself, and now he defends himself by fucking murdering the person. He could have just, like, stunned he them. He does or defend himself a with little, a little cadaver. enthusiastically. Yeah. He defends himself with a vada cadaver, which feels like, okay, well, yeah, all right. But, like, he defends himself, and then Grindelwald li- literally uses that. 
he says, and again, this is a little on the nose topical of like, he's like, look, see, they're the violent ones. Tell, go tell everybody that the Aurors are the violent ones. And it's like, so what is your point, J.K. Rowling, that we shouldn't stand up to literal Nazi wizard guy? Like, is that the point? Like, that we should just let them do their thing? And then, like, maybe they'll stop on their own? Like, what's the answer? Like, it feels... It is... And, and you have this, and I don't want to... It, it is so perfectly... Uh, uh, a term that you've coined boomer woke that's like super gross and like <sighs> why is everybody gotta be so angry about things yeah. like w just let them have their nazi rally and then we'll i mean like if we don't go and get angry if we're not angry about them having their nazi rally they'll just stop being nazis it's like Motherfucker, no. <laughs> like, fuck, J.K. Rowling, that's not how the world works. <laughs> ah! I don't know. It, that whole thing, I, I, it just felt <laughs> really gross and weird to me. And I felt like, it felt, it felt very like blaming the victim mm -hmm. yeah. type of like, yeah. those fucking Antifa going to those rallies saying the people shouldn't want to make a white ethno state. They're, I mean, yeah, those white ethnostate people are wrong, but, like, did you really have to go and tell them they were wrong? Like, mm, all right. Oh, all right. Anyways. <laughs> mm, speaking of gross things, <laughs> yeah. here's another gross thing. Um, Newt literally says in this movie that he doesn't take sides. Oh, this fucking Jesus Christ. Are we supposed to like that about Newt? Are we supposed to like that he doesn't pick sides? At the beginning, he goes, uh, his because his, his brother wants him to, you know, help stop uh, Grindelwald. Yeah. And now, to be fair, the way that they want him to help stop Grindelwald is by murdering Credence. Which sure. that seems weird that that's yeah. their answer and not just, like, getting Credence and, like, Let's keep, taking like, him keep somewhere him safe. protective right, custody. Right, right. But it's like, well, we got to kill him. Like, all right, well, fucking, that seems stupid. But... And it seems like it makes sense then for Newt not to want to do that. So it seems so little convenient. But yeah. but it spurs on this conversation where Theseus goes, well, like, you, are you not going to help us with Grindelwald? And he's like, well, I don't take sides. And it's like. He's wizard Hitler. Well, and here's the thing. I was like, OK, movie. I, I got really mad when that line happened. And but it's in the beginning of the movie. I'm like, you know what? I'm willing to allow you a character arc movie. I'm willing to allow you. I'm willing to allow Newt to grow as a person and decide I need to take sides. That was, I was like, oh, all right, all right. I'm mad, but I'll, uh, I'll give you this. I'll give you this. It's the beginning of the movie. Character arcs are a thing. Let's see where this goes. Where this goes is that the only reason he decides, yeah, I should actually side against wizard Hitler is because the girl that he loves... He's literally Snape! Yeah. He's basically... She wrote Snape again! Oh, no! <laughs> oh, no, she wrote Snape again! Why does she love Snape so much? Why does she love the Snape character arc so much? I mean, he's way better than Snape, but at least he's not, like, actively bigoted. But... 
She kind of wrote Snape again. Literally, the only reason he decides to stand up against literal wizard Hitler is because Lita Lestrange is murdered by him. Yeah. And that's right after that happens, he goes up to Theseus and is like, all right, I'm on your side. And it's like, that was the reason you didn't do you you, not because you heard that his whole speech about fucking muggles and how they were in or how they're lesser like his whole like fucking double speak thing about like muggles and how we're gonna uh, enslave them for their own good and for their greater good and all that stuff no it's because somebody you liked died oh yeah no um newt does not side against wizard hitler until it affects him personally a fine quality in a protagonist it is it is it is it's the snape thing yeah that's literally the snape i didn't even think about that but that's basically the snape thing i mean to be fair like i said he is a little bit better in general because he's not he's not bigoted he's in fact he's he's the opposite but he's still like fucking i don't pick sides well one of those sides is literally hitler pick a side (laughs) fucker like come on This is kind of one of those moments where I almost wish we did this as a video series and not a podcast, because I wish you guys could have seen Brian's (laughs) reaction when he realized it was another Snape plot line. (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) All right. Well, that's the end of... uh, That's the end of What's Your Point, JK? JK. And we're almost... We're getting there. We're almost done. Uh, now we're going to talk about retcon. The, the word of the day is retcon. Um, so if this was a normal episode and we were like doing a prequel for it, the topic that I would want to discuss for learning things would be retconning. Yeah. Um, and I think you're right. I think you are a little more lenient about it. I'm way it more lenient than about I it. am. I I don't have a problem with retconning generally. I have a problem with it when it's done poorly and uh, sort of lazily. Mm-hmm. I I think there's too much of a negative association with the idea of retconning in general, and I think as soon as you say it, people is like like tie this sort of like well hacky yeah. bad idea to it and i don't think that's the case i I think the reason that we have that association is because when retconning is done well it feels right and it doesn't feel like a retcon quote unquote i think that your average audience goer who maybe doesn't have the tools to talk about this kind of thing might not notice right I, I guess it's because when i look up the definition of retcon it's a very broad definition mm-hmm. of like adding things to a story or or, or adding uh ideas or, or things to a story that change the interpretation of a previously established right um, and I, i'm not story i'm or, not saying that all retcons are bad i know you're not that's, I know, that's yeah. not what i'm here about i there are a lot of retcons that I loved. I loved the retcon of Thor in uh, Thor 3. That was like a soft reboot. That was like a retcon of the whole Thor mythos almost. Is that a retcon? Well, a retcon is just a reframing of previous events to like suit the current needs of the story. 
So yeah, kinda. Oh, you mean the part with the thing with Hella, or like, what do you mean? Because it was I that mean, was just like a soft re-, a re. To me, a reboot is not a retcon. That's just like a. That's completely different. And it, and even a soft reboot to me isn't a retcon. I mean, the 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 Thor Thor completely built off. Now that you can say there's a slight retcon in the sense that like we had never heard about Hella. Yeah. And like now there's this new character that that Odin tells them about like, oh, you're, you had the sister Hella who I imprisoned and like never told you about any of this stuff. But like, that's a bit retconny, but like the rest of it didn't feel retconny to me. I don't know. Regardless. I don't think that retcons are always bad. Like I said, it's just a reframing of events um, to suit whatever the story is currently in need of. Yeah. Um, and I think it can work really well depending on the writers. I think it works particularly well in comic book yeah. properties. Yeah. I, I I guess my point was that I think when I was, the reason I wanted to push back some is that when I was reading through some of the things you talked about as retcons, I felt like you were implying negative, you felt negatively about them where I, to me, they didn't feel like a negative retcon. They just felt like expanding the world. I... Don't feel negatively about every single thing on this list. Some of okay. it I'm kind of neutral about. Um, my point more so was that there was a lot of retconning, I felt like, with this property in particular. And I think when you have a lot of that built up, it can easily become a problem. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I just think that... I think a retcon should answer more questions than it opens. I don't agree. <laughs> I don't I also necessarily say, agree. I also think that there should be purpose to it beyond this is what I feel like doing right now. And for some of the stuff, I feel like there's not necessarily, or at least it doesn't seem like it. I don't even know if I agree with that. I think as as long as it, and this is, it's my mind is super subjective because your criteria is a little more objective. Mine is as long as it feels like it works, like it feels right within the world. That for me. is really subjective. No, it is incredibly subjective. But like, I, I don't, it, I don't have a problem with a writer going back to their material and then writing a prequel or something and going, "Ooh, this was a cool idea." And as long as that cool idea makes. I feel like it makes sense and works within the world and, 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 and follows from previously established sort of rules and that sort of thing. Like I have no problem if the only reason, if the only reason for it is like, I think this is a cool idea. I have no problem with that as long as what the reason is that. And then it also fits in, in a way that feels right. Mm -hmm. Like there are plenty of things. There are a handful of things on this list that I feel like they were like, this is a cool idea. And then they plugged it in and it doesn't fit. Like it doesn't remotely fit into the hole they plugged it into. Like yeah. that's where I have a problem with it. But when they're like, this is a cool idea. Like JK Rowling goes, Oh, I like this. This is an idea. I wish I'd come up with when I wrote the original series. And then they plug it in. And they go, yeah, it actually kind of fits. I'm like, fucking right on. Let's do it. Like I have no problem with that. Like if that's your only sure. reason. Yeah. If it kind of fits. Sure. I just, to me, the the sheer volume of retconning with this in particular, even if some of them work, right? Because some of them do work. Yeah. 
We talked about the blood pact in particular. To me, it's a volume issue because I feel like when you're doing that much retconning, you're not challenging yourself to work within the parameters that you've already set. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I to me, I when I agree in the sense that, like I said, it's to me, it's super a feel thing. Like, and I I can totally be on board with somebody else being like, I feel like that is fan service retcon bullshit or whatever. Not mm-hmm. necessarily fan service, but like retcon and doesn't work. And to me, as long as I feel like, because because it is magic, because it is kind of loosey goosey. As long as to me, it feels like it fits within the world and it works. I I don't. I don't know. I, I'm just way more lenient with it. Like I, I, I get the idea of wanting to add stuff to your story of not it's I think it's bullshit to hold not bullshit. I, that's too strong. But like I feel like it's a little silly to hold a, a writer to the ideas they had the first the first time they wrote a book or a book series and go. That's the only ideas you can ever have about that series. I'm not saying that's what you're saying. I'm just saying. I lean way more on the like lenient side of. Mm-hmm of the equation of like do what you want with this as long as it feels like it makes sense to me and works i don't know I, we're just repeating ourselves now I feel yeah like, but um, let's get into the specifics another, and we'll, I, we'll get we'll talk about it more yeah. in the specifics i just wanted to say um i was also looking for this yeah as we were watching the movie because jk rowling is a little notorious right for this kind of thing right i I also just want to quickly add, I have less of a problem when she canonizes it into a film than when she just like fucking tweets it. <laughs> like, ha, Fair enough. I'm way more forgiving <laughs> if you like write it into a script and then film it than I am if you like send off a tweet By about. The way. Yeah, like I, that, I don't, whatever. Like, I, I don't even say I'm more forgiving because the tweets are irrelevant. They're not canon. Well, apparently they are kind of, but like this, I'm like. Uh, yeah, it's it's different to me. But anyways, right. let's get into well, it. Yeah, let's get into some of our examples here. Um, first off, how on this smog-covered earth are we explaining away a lost Dumbledore? I The only way is it's not a brother. Yeah, because we already know so much about his past. Yeah. And a long-lost brother just doesn't make sense. Like, it just doesn't. <sighs> It's like, it's the most soap opera thing. It really is. That she could have possibly added to it, this story. It really, it, again, it's, and like I said, it's my feelings with Half-Blood, or not Half-Blood Prince, um, Cursed Child. Mm-hmm. It, it, it it feels like fan fiction. Like it, yeah. It, it, yeah. Yeah. I, like we said, maybe he'll be a cousin. Yeah. Or maybe Grindelwald is lying to him for reasons. But I, the, the thing with the lying thing is that Dumbledore is the one who tells us about the myth of the phoenix coming to an heir or like a, a Dumbledore right. family member. And that's what happens at the end of this movie to Credence. Yeah. And so assuming that this myth Dumbledore knows is right or whatever, or that that isn't a giant red herring. Yeah. Then we have to assume that he is actually a Dumbledore. And the phoenix thing is also kind of a retcon. Like, I don't think it matters as much. See, to me, that's not a retcon. I, mm. To me, that's not. Here's the thing. To me, this is not a retcon. To me, it is, but it's not in the sense that, that we we had zero explanation of where the phoenix came from. 
We had zero explanation of where Fox came from, assuming it's Fox or whatever, of where the Phoenix, the Dumbledore has came from. So then an explanation of where potentially the Phoenix came from isn't a retcon to me. I mean, it is, I guess, in the very strict sense of what a retcon is. Yeah. But to me, like when somebody says, oh, that's a retcon, I guess I'm more arguing with like the general consensus of what a retcon is versus like what the strict definition of a retcon is. Because, again, when you write it, there feels like there's a negative connotation to that of like. This is a retcon. It's like, it's just an explanation of a thing we had no explanation for before. I'm just pointing it out. I know. I'm just saying that, that like, that kind of stuff, it's like, that. I, I don't know. It, to me, it's just like, that doesn't seem like we had no explanation. Now we have an explanation. That's not a, I, I guess it is a retcon, but it's not like, like, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I, I see where you're. You coming see what I'm saying? From. Like <sighs> I see where you're coming from, but it technically is because a retcon is a reframing of a previous element. But and is it a reframing or is it a a framing that we never even had before? That's that's what I'm saying. Is that is 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 it a reframing when we had no framing? It was just Dumbledore has a phoenix. That's not. There's no. There's no foundation there there's no explanation and then in this they go this is maybe how he got the phoenix to me that's not a reframing of previous knowledge that's new knowledge i don't know that's different to me i I don't know i to me that feels different i I don't know i i I mean yeah i think it might be technically is a, a retcon but it just feels really different to me than like when I go, oh, that's sort of like a retcon, which we'll talk, there's a bunch of them in here. That doesn't feel like it to me. That just feels like, here's an explanation for a thing you didn't have an explanation for before. <laughs> anyway. Um, this is a massive side note, but on this similar thread of thought, after we find out in the movie that Credence isn't a Lestrange, um, but before we know he's supposedly a Dumbledore, um, I was thinking to myself in the theater, like, dude, all we need to do is look up the charter records for the ship yeah. slash voyage, find any baby boys around your age, yep. and then, you know, depending on how many there are, we possibly like cross-reference with a list of everybody who died when the ship sank. So you know who could have prevented the entire last quarter of this movie? Hermione. You're not wrong. To the library, bitches. <laughs> to the library. Because <laughs> they do go to the library in this movie, but it's a stupid library and they don't do any actual research. They ride around on shelves. <laughs> 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 but yeah, Hermione would have been all over this because she's smart. <laughs> <laughs> this one. Okay, Jesus. just this, all see, right. This is a retcon. This is way more of a a retcon. retcon. This is a retcon and this is a horrible retcon because it serves no purpose. Yeah. I see. That's the thing. Sorry. Sorry. Go. Go. Sorry. I apologize. Go. Nagini. Yes. To what end? Is this just supposed to make me feel sorry for Nagini? And if yes, to what end? We know how her story ends up, so, like, I guess it's tragic in a way, but, like, literally for what purpose? Because tragedy for tragedy's sake is lazy. 
It's not a good element to put into a story. You hear that, Shakespeare? <laughs> Coming at you. That's not tragedy know, for tragedy's <laughs> sake. It's got a purpose. I know, I'm joking. And then, and then, and then, let's just go ahead, and I am not the first person to say this. No, you're I not. know. Let's just go ahead because I ha- we have to bring it up. Yep. Let's delve into the fact that now this Asian woman becomes the pet of the literally literal embodiment of white supremacy. Yeah. Like, it's so awful and it's so tone deaf. And like, it relates back to what I was talking about in the prequel for Night at the Museum about how if you don't do your fucking research and you aren't fucking aware of things, you end up putting in elements that are gross and problematic and harmful and I, I, it just, it's so bad. Especially because we know how her story ends. Yeah. Her story ends by Neville Longbottom cutting her yeah. fucking head off. She fucking dies. <laughs> I, it, it. As the eternal servant of fucking Lord Voldemort. There's no redemption arc or there's no moment of freedom or anything. There's no, yeah. I, I just, like, and I'm making a prediction right now that however they end up explaining how she comes to be with Voldemort is going to make it worse. Yeah. Like, you mark my words, it is not going to make it better. Nope. It's going to get worse. Nope, it's only going to get worse. It has to, because she's only in this movie for, like, 12 seconds. Which this is already problematic enough. You're going to add this whole, like, element of, like... Yeah. Let's introduce the fact that Nagini was a person and then this is going to turn into a snake. And we're going to put her in the movie and she's going to be in, like, a few scenes and literally... On top of that, she's going to have, like, no lines. Yeah. She doesn't say, like, anything in this movie. And, like, if you're going to give her some tragic backstory, maybe, like, actually give her the tragic back. At least, I, I'm not saying you should, but if you're going to do it, at least like, fucking, fucking do, do it. it. Like, <laughs> uh. I, I'm just, like, I'm like, where the absolute hell does JK think she's going with this? Like, where the absolute hell? Because based on Nagini's character in the movie, she really doesn't seem like she'd be down with Voldemort's no, whole thing. not at all. She really does not. No. So, like, like okay, how does she, she end up his devoted servant? How does she get there? Is I think I, the implication is that once she becomes, like, a snake, she, like, loses her agency. Like, once she, the maledictus thing kicks in and she, like... Becomes a full-time snake. <laughs> Instead of like part-time <laughs> snake, part-time lady. <laughs> all snake all the time. I, I, th- I, I, th- mean, I mean, That's the name of my next hit single. <laughs> part-time snake, part-time lady. Be a bluesy ballad. <laughs> um, I think that like, yeah, she doesn't, she no longer, like she becomes just like, a, she loses her like humanity. Yeah. I would assume. I mean, it's gotta be that. Like, because right now we know that she can transform herself back from being a snake. So at the moment, she most assuredly retains at least some of her humanity. Well, she has to because she She bites the bad guy in the movie. Like, she bites the evil circus trainer. I get maybe the implication is that, yeah, she just completely loses herself. Once she can't turn back or something. Once she goes full snake. I don't, and I tried to look like on the wikis and on Pottermore and, and I couldn't. I can't. I couldn't find an answer for whether or not a maledictist like completely loses themselves. My only other answer would be that when Voldemort turns her into a Horcrux, 
if he does that early enough and she's been a Horcrux long enough, maybe she... Because it never really happens with Harry, but maybe that's different. But, like, we know that when, like, they wear the locket and having part of Voldemort's right, soul close to them, you. it affects them and sort of turns um, them more evil, or not evil, but, like, shittier. I'm going to destroy your theory. I don't, I'm, 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 like, playing, like, JK's advocate right now. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to come up with it. I'm not. Yeah, I'm going to destroy your theory because while I was reading about all of this today, um, one of the things I read was that Nagini becomes a horcrux with the death of Bathilda Bagshot, which was late in the series. Wait, so she becomes a a Horcrux, like Wait. well on, yes. like, 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 well like book on. six, book five, ish timeline. Bethilda, no, like book seven. Well, I mean, I know, but she's been dead for a few months at that point. Yeah. So yeah, like either end of book six, right? Early book seven, but like late. Really? Yeah, that's what Has that I been read. confirmed? Or did JK just tweet that shit? I'm pretty sure I read that on Pottermore. Fucking JK tweeted that shit and somebody wrote it down on Pottermore. Well, that's not real facts. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm not saying. Yeah, but yeah, I, that's interesting if that's like what the intention was and who knows whether or not that was. Because I had always assumed Nagini had been a horcrux yeah. since forever forever like bef since we ever saw well whenever he had nagini which was like starting book four yeah but but he had met nagini in the force of like bavaria or whatever albania albania or whatever yeah. when he was stumbling around with quirrell i don't know uh, man i don't know man i feel like it's maybe a it's still really problematic we gotta stop but... thinking about harry potter because i'm gonna i'm gonna stop liking jk rowling <laughs> as a writer <laughs> gonna happen and i don't want to <laughs> she's like anybody else there's stuff she does really well yeah and there's stuff that she's shit at yeah i i know i know I, it's just <laughs> i'm mostly joking but it's, um, but yeah it's it would still be really problematic but i feel like her i guess losing her humanity when she goes full snake is maybe the best explanation the best explanation yeah and i feel like they could have easily in this movie given her a one-off line, like something like, oh, every time I transform, I feel less and less like myself or yeah. something like that. That's just a to, perfect. Just to help things along. That is a perfect, simple one line. It would have fucking quadrupled her amount of lines in this movie, too. But <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's, a, yeah, that's like, a great idea. I'm, I'm more than willing to see that she's going to get more story in upcoming movies. She couldn't I, get less. I hope. <laughs> but I just don't have any faith that that story will help matters. Yeah. Also, side note. Do Maldictuses have, like, unnaturally long lifespans? Maybe. Because here's the thing. If she's a young adult in 1927, and she's still around in 1998 for the Battle of Hogwarts, that's an awfully long time for a snake. It is. I mean, I know she's a magical snake, but it's still kind of a long time for a person, too. I mean, she'd be pushing 90. Yeah. No, absolutely. I don't know how long snakes or, like, pythons live. They don't live that long. I don't know. They might live a long time. 
90 years? Yeah, probably not that long. Python lifespan, 30 years. Well, that's a small one. Bigger one. <laughs> bigger ones are actually probably shorter, if anything. Yeah. Yeah, 20, 20, 25 years. Yeah. That's... No more than 30 or 35 years, I would think. She's a very elderly snake. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't... Old lady snake. Well, then we have more problems uh, coming up in just a, just a second with... <laughs> Uh, lifespans and timelines and none of that making any fucking sense i feel uh, like like cue the doctor who theme here yeah <laughs> so we are time jumping professor mcgonagall old minerva teaching uh transfiguration in 1990 the 1990s 1990s one to 98 or whatever and then she was headmaster for a little bit after that so like through the 2000s she was teaching at hogwarts apparently minerva mcgonagall was teaching at hogwarts in 1927 yep which would mean and in the flashback and in the flashback which was like three-ish to five, six years before that. Because I'm assuming like Newt and Lita have been out of school for at least like four or five years in that ballpark. It seems like. So yeah, that would mean McGonagall is like in, in the beginning of the Harry Potter series. If she was, let's say she was 20 when she was teaching at Hogwarts in 1923, let's Mm -hmm. say. Mm -hmm. And let's go to 93. So she was 20 when she was teaching in 23. That means, spoiler, easy math, 93 when she was teaching, or sorry, yeah, 93. No, 90. If she was, because if she was 20 when she was teaching in 23, that means she was born in 1903, which means in 93, she's 90 years old. Yeah. When Harry starts school or 90, whatever. She's 90 years old when Harry's in school. That's not, that's not how old McGonagall was. <laughs> I would put her like around the same age as Dumbledore. Yeah. Which, she, yeah. She's yeah. Not, Dumbledore's like close to 100. Yeah. Or around 100. And she's not young and in also, the original series, but. Also, Dumbledore, I'm pretty sure it's implied that the reason he's as old as he is, not even implied, but like sort of like the implication is that he's as old as he is because he's friends with Nicholas Smell. Maybe every yeah. now and then he had a little sip of that. A little sippy sippy. Of that, a little sip uh, of the <laughs> elixir of life. Elixir of life from the uh, Philosopher's Stone. And it feels to me like that's why he's it as old as he is. It feels to me like right? that makes a lot of sense. That's kind of how I always thought of it. Like, he's old as shit. Yeah. But relatively. he's still real spry and everything. Right. And the reason he's older than most... Like, I feel like wizards don't live longer. Mm-hmm. It was what how how I always read it. They always they, they live roughly the same age, maybe a little bit longer on average because of the wizard medicines like yeah. a little better maybe yeah. or whatever. So like maybe they their average lifespans like 80 to 90 years instead of like 65 to 75 years or whatever. Like mm-hmm. it, you know, they they live 10 to 20 years on average longer. But they're not like running around super awesome at age 90 like doing whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. Because they lived to like 120. Like Dumbledore lives to like 120 because, again, licks her life. Yeah. So 
Yeah, there's I, that felt really weird when we were watching the movie, and then we started doing research, and it became very <laughs> clear that this is maybe the most bullshit retcon. Like, all of our research just continued to poke holes in this movie. It just went downhill and downhill. Like every time I thought I had an explanation, it nope. Yeah. I, I did. A, I thought I looked this a little was, more because we were like texting about this. Yeah, today back while and forth. We were doing well, this. we were typing our notes back and yeah. forth, and then adding on. To and it. I was like watching you think of all of these theories yeah. and then immediately have them destroyed like in real time. It was yeah. great. So I looked up, I went to the Harry Potter wiki, which is very trustworthy. And according to the Harry Potter wiki, Minerva McGonagall was born in 1935. <laughs> so already. So we're out of the gate. We're doing fantastic. She was negative 10, roughly <laughs> negative eight or when this movie yeah. happened. Uh, so she could not have been teaching. Um, then I was like, okay, go to her family members, maybe a sister, like an mm-hmm. older sister or sure. something. Yeah. Uh, she only had brothers, mm-hmm. doesn't have any sisters, no listed sisters. And I was like, okay, uh, maybe her mom, maybe it was her mom who was teaching. Cause they just say McGonagall to be fair in the movie. They just say, you hear yeah. professor McGonagall, you hear McGonagall, you don't ever see her. Right. You don't we ever don't see, see her. her you close. do see her in the distance and she looks young. She looks yeah. very young, like a 20, early 20s or something like that. But you don't ever see her close up. Um, she's just kind of ever in the background. And I was like, okay, maybe it's her mom. Because mm-hmm. that would make sense a little bit. And uh, so I looked up and I'm like, oh, wait, no. Her mom uh, was a wizard, but her mom was not a McGonagall. Yeah. Also, okay, so maybe it was her mom after she got married. But I clicked on her mom's like because so the name McGonagall came from her uh, Minerva McGonagall's father's side of the family, which was the muggle side. She's a half blood. Yes. And so I was like, okay, so maybe like after they got married, her mom got a job there. But there's nothing listed on the wiki about her mom working at uh, Hogwarts. And then I was like, okay, well, maybe it's her grandma. So I was like, because because her grandma's name was Minerva. Yeah. And you looked, because here's the thing, you had messaged me at this point and said, I looked on IMDb, the character's name is Minerva McGonagall. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Her mom's name is Isabel? Isabel, yeah. Isabel McGonagall, Isabel Roselle or something. something like that. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, her uh, maiden name was like Isabel Robel, but yeah, Isabel McGonagall. So I was like, okay, there's a Minerva McGonagall, or there's a Minerva on here in her related family members as her grandmother. And I clicked on it. I was like, okay, maybe it's her grandmother. And I was thinking about it. And I was doing the math. And I'm like, if it's her grandmother, because the woman we saw in the movie was like in her early 20s. Is if it's her grandmother, she would have been considerably older by 1927. Like if she had kids when she was 20. And then that kid had Minerva when she was 20. And then I realized, wait a second. This isn't even correct because she wouldn't have been Minerva McGonagall. Yeah. <laughs> she just would have been Minerva whatever her yeah, uh, mother's side her, it's her maternal because the paternal side is where the McGonagall <laughs> is from and I was like well shit <laughs> it's from the I muggle know. side of the family you tried so hard to find I an tried JK I tried to defend your honor <laughs> tried so hard it's so bad and I like to me this is the worst it's the worst this is the worst oh it's con. the worst it's so lazy it's like the epitome of lazy. It's literally just fan service. Yeah. It's literally just fan service. It's This is retcon in the worst possible way. Like, if you call this retcon, I'm like, yep, 
This is fucking retcon. This is <laughs> we'll put this character in a time frame that doesn't make any fucking sense because we want to. Like that's retcon. I mean, now it's there are things in between. There are extremes, and this is obviously on one extreme of like just straight up terrible retcon. But yeah, it makes literally no sense. But it, it's so funny. But it's like the worst fan service. And there's there was this per- and I gotta call this person out. Because they'll never listen to this. Or maybe they do. And if you were you know sitting what? next to us in the theater. We're calling you we're out. calling you, you out. you guys were obnoxious. <laughs> there was this couple sitting next to us in the theater. And it. I don't want to be too critical because it feels gatekeepy. And I don't want to be a gatekeeper. Like, I don't. That's bullshit. And I don't, you know, be your own. I'm glad you enjoyed yourself. Kudos. <laughs> like I don't I really truly don't like gatekeeping. I'm glad you're able to enjoy media because I fucking can't. Right. Well, and I can't. That's the thing. Oh, I don't want to get into it. But like I I'm glad you enjoyed yourself. I'm glad you had a good time. And I don't want to be a gatekeeper, but like it felt but I'm going to. Like <laughs> they fucking ood and odd and like repeated every fucking name. Yeah. That was mentioned in the movie. Like every little bit of fan service. Every little bit of fan service. They fucking ate it up. Like, and it was just like, it felt it. it, it, Here's the thing that bothered me is it felt fake. It felt because again, I, I, I don't want to gatekeep. Like, I don't want to say like, well, we're real fans and they're, they're fake fans. But like, here's what it felt. It felt performative because Mm -hmm. it felt like, they wanted everybody else sitting around them to know that they knew yeah. that character name. And so like one of the instances was like in the, one of the flashbacks, Dumbledore's teaching him how to take care of Boggarts. And one of the, the students does something and Dumbledore goes, great job, McLagan. And the, the fucking woman sitting next to us went, Ooh, Ooh, McLagan! and I was like, okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yes, that is a character name from the book series <laughs> that you read 20 years ago or 15 years ago. Why are you excited about that character? It's not even a cool character. It's not a cool character. It's not an he's an asshole. Yeah. Or his great grandson or whatever is an asshole. It's He's not even an interesting asshole. (laughs) It's literally just a name of another character. Yeah. And there's not even a discerning necessarily character trait. Like, if I'm being generous, maybe the character in the movie was slightly pompous. Or like... But I don't even remember if that's the case. If I'm trying to be generous and like give the movie some credit. So like, why, why, why do you care about that? Like, why is that a thing you felt the yeah. need to, like, giggle about and go, woo? Well, yeah, and, I, and then that's the thing that really does make it seem performative. Yeah. Because that doesn't matter. Yeah, well, it was just to me, I'm sitting there, and it's just like... I, I felt like an asshole. Like, I felt like an asshole the whole time and listening to these people, just, like, every little thing. I was just like... what? Well, but that's not... Yeah. And like, why are you and, and why are you not frustrated right now? If you're such a fan, why are you not fucking <laughs> frustrated right now? Like, if you're like, oh, I remember Cormac McLagan. Why are you not fucking frustrated about how fucking 
the mirror of error said kind of doesn't work right. Like, why are you not frustrated about how, like, fucking the, the uh, about how Dumbledore and Grindelwald's relationship is, like, fucking bullshit hinted at it again? Like, it just, I don't know. It was frustrating. It really was uh, annoying. One of the things about, <laughs> I'm just going to tell my own story about them. Um, when when Lita Lestrange first shows up, and they they started saying to each other, stage whispering, I'll call it. Yeah. Um. Oh, Lestrange, Bellatrix, Bellatrix. She must be like Bellatrix's great grandmother. <laughs> and and I wanted I wanted so badly to turn to them and be like, actually, Bellatrix married into the Lestrange. She's a fucking black. <laughs> it's her married name. That is. Yeah, uh. And I wouldn't be gatekeepy, except that they opened themselves up That's to the it That's the thing. by having a loud staged conversation in a fucking movie theater. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I was, I was, yeah, I didn't. I felt like an asshole the whole time. I was like, fuck, fuck you. <laughs> I didn't want to be because I don't. I fucking hate gatekeeping. And I like if you enjoy a thing, fucking right on. Enjoy it. I want you to. Like I, I don't want to steal joy from people. We've talked about it before, yeah. but like But uh. here's the thing though. I'm going to defend our gatekeeping. Okay. Because they were also gatekeeping. Right. I guess that's what we it is. We just gatekeeped better. Right. I guess that's what it is. It felt like they were performative gatekeeping for like Every, like not even gay, yeah. but like, woo! Listen to look, look at look at us. We know these characters. We know all the references. It's like you, but you don't. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyways. All right. Moving on. Yeah, we have like one more. We're thing almost done to talk about, and this is a me thing um, because I I agree with the points that you made. Okay. Um, legitimacy. Yeah. Um. I felt like maybe I under I misunderstood the way it worked in the original series because I thought it was more like complicated spell work, like something that you could learn to do. Mm-hmm. But then Queenie's seems more like this innate ability that she can't always control. And I looked it up and I looked, I think I found Pottermore or maybe it was on the wiki. Yeah. Um, it, like, it seems They're, like it they can share be... Information. Like it can be both, yeah. But it, it, and then and you pointed out. Um, I I think it seems a little weird, and like it's a little bit confusing at first. But to me, it I was able to get on board with it really quickly, even in the first movie, because to me it it felt like the idea that some wizards are just born with it. I thought it made mm-hmm. sense to me, and it felt again. This is sort of that subjective. This feels right. In the same way that Tonks being a metamorphmagus is something you're just born with it and can yeah. kind of do kind of like easily and without effort. It felt the same way with this legitimacy of like some wizards are just born with that like or like uh, being a parcel tongue. Like mm-hmm. you just have that innately. Whereas other wizards can do it specifically kind of like how Tonks says you have to learn a bunch of spells and do a bunch of stuff to like transfigure your face. But you can kind of do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that was the same idea with the legitimacy. Like, it just made sense to me. It's kind of like the sixth sense for some wizards that they can just kind of read minds innately. I, I thought it, it it's a little retconny, 
in the sense that it does change our understanding and that was never mentioned in the original book. I agree yeah. this is kind of in the ballpark of more of a retcon that I would call like a retcon yeah. in the sense that this has never been mentioned and we have a we have at least established some rules of legitimacy before. Like mm-hmm. we kind of know about it. But at the same time, it feels like a pretty reasonable expansion of the world to me. Like, it feels like, yeah, yeah, sure. Some of the wizards, maybe you're born with it. And they can just it's like thing that just happens and they can't really they can control it. But it's kind of like the constant sixth sense, whereas other wizards can kind of learn how to do it. Yeah, no, I, I agree that it's a reasonable expansion. I think it just annoyed me because I felt like I no longer understood something yeah. that I had previously understood. And it made me question my reading of books five through seven. Right. Or I was like, did I misunderstand this or did she just like tweak something? Right. Yeah. See, I didn't ever. That was interesting. That's interesting because I didn't feel that way. I, I pretty quickly read it as, oh, this is just a different. This is a different thing. This is it's the same thing, but it's kind of a different thing. Kind of a different thing. Like, yeah, it, it's she's she's the metamorphosis of of legitimacy like she just has it like she's born with it maybe she's born with it maybe it's legitimans i like (laughs) i just (laughs) i want you to say that entire sentence to someone who has zero familiarity (laughs) with harry potter yeah she's the metamorphagus of legitimans yeah (laughs) she's the metamorphagus of legitimacy are you having a stroke (laughs) maybe uh, but yeah, I, I I liked it, so I thought it was kind of cool. That's it. That's it. That's all of our notes. We went we on and on and on and on. I had fun though. Let's see where are we at. Two twenty. Not too bad. But yeah, if that was added on to our our uh, yeah problematic Harry Potter episode, this that would have been a four hour episode easily. Yeah. So yeah, that was a good idea to do it separately. Um, I hope uh, you all enjoyed this. If you did, go check us out on all the social media. Leave us likes, reviews on in iTunes, Stitcher. Uh, we're on Spotify. I don't think you can review on there, but we are on Spotify now. Uh, but yeah, Facebook, Reddit, Instagram, Twitter, Goodreads, all of those places you can find us. Yeah. Comment, like, subscribe, whatever you have to do. Here's a, a fun fact about our Goodreads. I put the next five things that we're doing. Ooh, you on get our spoilers. Shelf. There you go. So you have like a like insider knowledge yeah. of what's coming it's up. It's the only place you'll get that information. But yeah, so this will probably come out. Uh, this will probably be out on Friday. So if you're listening to this over the weekend that it comes out, look out for our Night at the Museum episode on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Look out for the problematic Harry Potter episode. If you're one of our Harry Potter fans that doesn't really care about anything else we've done, just fine. Glad you came around and stuck around for a while. Maybe we'll <laughs> sprinkle in other Harry Potter episodes here and there. We're going to do a Cursed Child episode eventually. I really don't want to read that. I know. We have to go see the musical in order to do the comparison. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, we're going to do the problematic uh, J.K. Rowling Harry Potter episode sometime before the new year probably so look out for that within the coming weeks and uh yeah that's it so until next time guys gals non-binary and everybody else keep reading books keep watching movies and keep being awesome